Discover new opportunities together in a new Chevy. Meet up in an Equinox, winner of the J.D. Power Award for initial quality among compact SUVs. Lend a hand in the strong and capable Silverado. Or mix it up in a high-tech Trax with an available 11-inch diagonal touchscreen. Find family, friends, and fun in the Chevy that's right for you. Click to learn more. Chevrolet, together let's drive. For J.D. Power 2023 U.S. Initial Quality Study Award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Basically, my dad was from a council estate in Dagenham, had nothing. Then he got into boxing, but just went for it. Did Frank Bruno against Joe Bugner at White Hart Lane, had Eubank, Nazim Hamid, Lennox Lewis. I grew up at a time where he was making proper money. Did you go to a private school? I did. I got kicked out the fifth year, and that was the making of me, really, because I had all these people telling me what to do, and I kind of rebelled hanging around with Frank Bruno, going to Eubank shows, bringing his belts out, and then I've got like this history teacher telling me what to do. The next thing was like, detention. And that, that, that would almost make, fuck you, you cut, right, another detective. Yeah. And then it just, it just kept spiraling and spiraling. So I was always Barry Hearn's son. Mm. And I've got a real chip on my shoulder about that. And that's why I'm so driven to outperform him. The initial impression was, who is this guy? Come mm. on to, what the fuck does he know about boxing? It's like, quite a lot, mate. You know, I've studied it for a long time. <laughs> so there was a feeling about you as a promoter based on the fact that you were to blame for the Deontay Wilder AJ fight not happening. We were trying to make that fight for probably a year, mm. right? They weren't returning my calls. He wants to fight Wilder he didn't want to fight Andy Ruiz that's the truth of it when you're not prepared for war and war unfolds things can come tumbling down and it's a bit like this you know with KSI Logan Paul the first fight people came to me and said do you want to get involved and I was like for a hardcore boxing fan it makes my skin crawl what I respect about these guys is they've got great minds when we did the first press conference I didn't really know what to expect he's talking about the size of his dick he's getting his mum on the stage but I love the fact they're both desperate to win. They'll have a game plan and, and they'll know exactly what they've got to do. But as Mike Tyson says, everyone's got a plan until you get punched in the yeah. face. Mm-hmm. I believe the fight will be over in three rounds. The gladiatorial focus in the arena of two men about to fight, it's barbaric, it's prehistoric, but it's never going to leave us. And I couldn't be more passionate about the sport of boxing. Like, I love it. There's managers that can get in the middle of a relationship with you and your fighter. Trust me, you want to be as close to me as possible. I will fucking break down walls for you. You're like the real life Jerry Maguire. <laughs> yeah. yeah, show me the money! Yeah. Yeah. I'm still getting over how we never got hit by anything on the stage last week. Yeah. Like, that's because the media section in between yeah, you and yeah. everyone no, else they were fucking whizzing past my head like really oh seriously wow that's crazy yeah, there, was, there was probably like I don't know a dozen coins I think there were more because yeah, I was watching was from the side like, they just catch yeah. the light as they go through it was, the it was so funny because the guy Joe Markowski from The Zone uh-huh. and uh, Adam Smith from Sky yeah. they were just like I was like, guys, overdue say a few words. Yeah. And all you could hear was boo. And they're like, yeah, it's great, great. Um, back to you. Yeah. And then yeah. Joe, someone threw a Bible at Joe's leg. <laughs> and he was like, someone threw a Bible at my leg. It must be a fucking shock to these guys. Oh, ma- massive, yeah. But it is, it's quite a shock to me because, like, the, the, the perception of the audience is like kids, right? That's, that's mm-hmm. really what they, they, I would think. Yeah. But they're not say they're violent kids, but they're like, I mean, they're passionate kids. I think like this, this, the, we, we, we got a hint of violence at one point because when we first left the 
arena yeah. or the little club or whatever the fuck how big Trotsy. is this like 3,000 yeah. yeah. people yeah. yeah it's quite big when we were getting in the car everyone could see us getting in now yeah. I, I've got quite a good relationship with the yeah. UK fans yeah. you know but after a while when we got further and further away from the exit the other kids who seen the black car yeah. didn't know who was in it oh, no, yeah, and they it thought is, yeah. it's Logan yeah. so then people started booting this oh, car oh. we're inside laughing my heads oh, up oh. like this but poor guy, Adi Lee driver, I was like, yeah. me fucking car. I was like, oh, man. Genuinely, though, there, there were points where I thought the window was going to smash. Oh, yeah. Because the, I'd never seen someone try to smash a window like that before. These kids are just, they sound like they have rings on. Like, yeah. they were just like, yeah, what, yeah. like not like that. He looked about 16, this one, lad, and he's just welly in everything as know. much as he can. There was one kid who managed to keep What are you trying to achieve here? Well, he I went, Logan, you fucking wanker. <laughs> yeah. I thought if Logan was in here, he'd get out and he'd yeah. beat the fuck out of you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you would yeah. not stand a chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that you're even more fucked if I get out. <laughs> yeah, that's what yeah. I was thinking was really funny, was if he did smash the window and then he just sees your face there, that would just be fucking hilarious. Well, thanks for coming anyway. It's right, mate. I've been a fan for a long time. I've been watching your... We're in your neck it was this weekend yeah I, I was see there yesterday written so, yeah we sold 9,000 tickets yeah. so I was gutted when he lost I know because well, so was I <laughs> I kind of felt, I felt like the way he fights though mm. I felt like at some point we're going to get he's going to come unstuck a little bit because yeah but I didn't feel it would be at that level yeah you know European I mean? like, uh, yeah, Europeans are good fighter yeah. but, but he was breezing through all the British guys <laughs> and then like every now and again in what I do you mm. just you unearth something normally by luck mm. do you know what I mean so he he was boxing in Manchester and he sold like two or three hundred tickets mm-hmm. to Geordies who were travelling to Manchester. Mm-hmm. I thought that's good. You know, that's quite yeah. It's quite a lot. Like to actually just sell out of your own pocket, mm-hmm. like this group of people travelling from Newcastle. Yeah. So I thought oh, Newcastle's been starved of big time boxing for a long time. So yeah. do you know what? Well, let, let's roll the dice. Yeah. Let's put him on at the arena. He sold fifteen hundred tickets out of his hand yeah. just to like friends and me. Because you know why? Because it's like Ricky Hatton. Yeah. When you're actually a normal guy from the city yeah. who goes to Tesco's, who mm-hmm. walks around, you know, goes in the local news agents, might pop to the pub with his pals. That's when you get the big following. Mm-hmm. It's actually when you move away from the city, you go into the suburbs and you get your nice house or you yeah. start a training camp. Is that what happened to McGregor? He, yeah. he, he was that guy. Yeah, from, now, yeah well, he was from he, a real rough estate. Yeah, in, in, now kind of people are turning yeah, like yeah. a little bit in, in Ireland, it seems, anyway. Yeah. There's but definitely I, been but a I turn. think that happens as well. I mean, yeah. I'm sure you were a lot popular once, once before you had this lovely flat. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I, and, and now, he's now changed. Just, you know, he's you, changed you, now. Yes, he has. He's got lads head mate. Look at him now. Are you talking about the when he just recorded on the iPhone? Yeah, yeah, me too. I mean. to now he's, got, yeah. now he's yeah, got that yeah, middle yeah. class little Posh, white bitch with him. Yeah. No one likes it. Yeah. Um, but so back to the press conference. Mm. Uh, was that a success for you in terms of like? Yeah, it, it was. Um, in terms of the Logan Paul press conference, are you talking about? Yeah, that? yeah, yeah. It was. I mean, the first one. It's very different, you know. US, UK. Mm-hmm. I find it in boxing. You know, this year we did a big deal with a US broadcaster to zone, so mm-hmm. we're doing sixteen shows a year in the US. It's so fragmented, the, the, com- the country, and even the states, but even the cities. Yeah. Like, it's a different kind of feeling. You know, when you're in London, it's like we're all, we're all Londoners, aren't we? You know, like, if you live in South London, you can travel up there. And, and when you're in LA, like, when we did the first press conference, I didn't really know what to expect, you know? <laughs> like, the turnout was solid, but it wasn't like it was uh, the other night. Yeah. But no one knows who I am at all. She's quite nice, actually. Mm-hmm. And these guys, they know what they do. Like, what I respect about these guys is they're great 
Now, they've got great minds. You know, they're great thinkers. They're, they're very clever. Yeah, but they're yeah. clever people. Mm -hmm. They're entertainers. And I probably underestimated that a little bit. So, you know, when I rocked up in LA, I was like, guys, just to let you know, like, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go out there. And, and they're probably looking at me going, fuck off, mate. Like, we know what we're yeah. doing. Good luck. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to yeah. do that. And, then, and they're, they're like, yeah, just let us run with it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, but I'm going to ask you a few questions about the fight. And then, you know, I went up there and it was just, yeah. this is the LA one. And I'm thinking... Yeah. He's talking about the size of his dick. He's getting yeah. his mum on the stage. Yeah. He's like all this. To be fair, even for their standards, it, yeah, it that was wasn't know, as good know, as what they But when, when we place. finished, Logan came off. Logan was really pissed off. Like oh, he went backstage. He's like, "Fuck, that was just you know we we just you know, it didn't gel." I'm like, "All right, man. Well, it was what it was. You know, yeah, yeah but you know." And he was he was frustrated. So the London one, we weren't really going to do a London presser. Mm -hmm. And then I said to people, we're not going to do one. And then my Instagram and social media, I was just getting so much abuse yeah. off like, these kids going, you're an arsehole, fucking no London press comments, you prick. Yeah. You know, so I was like, oh, do you know what? Let's do one. People don't realise that when you flow that, fly that a lot over, cost you 70 or 80. Oh, it's an entourage. Over, you know what I mean? It's so, an entourage. Yeah, exactly. So, so we did it. And then obviously, luckily, we got you involved because... I was well out of my league and well out of my depth. Mm. When I'm talking, I'm just about holding them, not booing mm. and thinking, who the fuck's this guy? And then the best thing to do in that situation is go, let's hear it for KSI. Yeah. <laughs> let's hear it for so they're engaged. And then I just said, over to you uh -huh. and then away. So, you know, when you talk about success, for me, success is probably deemed a little bit differently to how success is deemed in your industry or their industry, which is purely views and numbers. Mm -hmm. Whereas mine is almost like, the imagery, you know, the stuff that we can take away from there and use the clips and mm. stuff like that. Theirs is, you know, like JJ's manager, Liam, will come off and go, we've outperformed them by five times on their stream. Mm. I'm like, all right, man, That's well exactly yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so and, that, and that's how you deem success <laughs> yeah. in that world, which I find fascinating because I'm a numbers guy as well in my business, mm -hmm. you know, in terms of our budgets and running events mm -hmm. and stuff like that. You're numbers people because that translates into the success Advertising. of what you do. Yeah. So, crazy, you know, he was it? like, he came off and he was, he did the same thing in, uh, in LA, you know, and, it, and it's like a competition. The Dazon, yeah. the, Dizon, um, the, the way they broadcast it compared to Sky was yeah. also amazingly different. Yeah, yeah. So London, LA, it was like, hey, let's go and check out the fans right now. Yeah, know, How yeah. are they doing? Hey guys, yeah, yeah. we're over here with a tiny person. It was really weird. You brought a sign for KSI. Do you like him? Yeah. <laughs> it's just so... America and yeah. the fact that we're fusing these two places together is mm. brilliant. Mm. But um, I do want, I do worry as a fan of this whole event, putting it in LA, ticket sales, stuff mm -hmm. like that. Like London, uh, oh, it would be we've done like we're nearly up to eight thousand, right, okay. right? Holds seventeen thousand. Okay, eight. now in America, everyone buys late. Right, right? we see we did we had Usyk last week. Okay, uh, we sold three thousand tickets on Fight Week. Right, right so right. we'll sell. We'll get there. You know, we'll sell it out. If this was at the O2, mm -hmm. boom, would have gone on the first day, yeah. unquestionably. So, But I think bringing it to LA is a major statement. Like, you know, you did it in Manchester, mm -hmm. which was amazing, mad. But we know British fans are quite crazy. But actually staging it in LA, you know, a bit like entertainment capital of yeah. America, it's quite a statement, mm -hmm. I think. For us, for the event... It's ballsy. Know, it, it is, because I don't think that the US fans necessarily take it on the way the British fans do. You know, it's almost like, yeah, we've got, like, we're, we're British, aren't we? So when we get a big event, we're quite proud. So we're like, yeah, we've fucking, we've got this big, yeah. And as a YouTube community and fans, we're all going. Whereas in America, 
that exists but it's so, there's so much going on it's like you say it's more fragmented isn't it yeah, but like it's, it's city based got, state you know, based got, yeah. uh, <coughs> the Lakers playing one week then you've got Clippers you know, Mars, yeah. and you've got you know, up there you've got Oakland you've got San Francisco you've got Vegas is now away yeah. it's just there's so much going on it's not as big an event as it would be if it was in London it's mm-hmm. a smaller smaller country smaller mm-hmm. place not rocket science but it's um, you know for DAZN it's all about numbers you know it's all about subscriptions they're trying to grow that market for they, them they are I think that it's an experiment for them oh. you know they're looking at it and saying how many new subscribers can we get we appreciate we're a boxing platform mm-hmm. and they might not stay forever but can we keep some you know I think this is going to lead to credit to them for that yeah, yeah, Interesting yeah. I think it's not for them it's not about making money it's about trying to look at this world unlock it understand it and for us as well it's about trying to bring in a new audience I've been pretty straight and said look like if we can convince some of these people that Devin Haney or Billy Joe Saunders is is interesting and you know and it's fascinating I read all my direct messages on Instagram like you know the ones that you don't follow and they come through I mean half of them are fucking like but it's it's you probably shouldn't it, admit that yeah, <laughs> no, no. yeah but because in, we've done that a few yeah. times and it it doesn't help your DMs put no, that way yeah, yeah yeah but I just think that like it's I have to understand the audience I have to understand the fans and the people mm. 70% of the DMs I'm getting at the moment is make Jake Paul against Gib, you prick. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's like the main thing. And the other one is put another YouTube fight on the card. Right. So, we, we had a lot of them yeah. tweeting us saying, put it to him. Like, yeah. why hasn't... Because there's a yeah. little bit of a perception yeah. to the internet crowd that you've went in and gone, we'll take your main event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck everyone else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... Um, the big boys are here now. What, one girl yeah. said he's he's biting the hand that feeds him because mm. in terms of the fans of the YouTube community because he's saying right we're going to take this off we're going to fuck everything else we that mm. you had about that event and literally just make it about these two guys now you can't do that because mm. KSI and Logan are just that big yeah you, they don't need everyone else uh, but are you looking at anything? Uh, yeah, else? we are actually, and I think you, you, one of the tough things is is we're going the proper route with this with the commission with the licensing I don't want to do white collar boxing you know you saw someone at the weekend lost their life in a boxing ring right mm-hmm. it's dangerous and I don't want to be doing un- unlicensed white collar boxing because my business is the boxing world mm-hmm. and I'm a boxing fan since the age of eight I love the sport so I've had loads of stick about this fight like mm-hmm. untold stick you know for all the stick you get about oh you're ignoring the YouTube world. Mm. The other, the flip the side is, oh, like going, this is a fucking complete yeah. joke. And I'm actually saying, well, good news, guys, is you've got World Championship boxing on the undercard. Yeah. And they'll rebel against that and say, well, that's even fucking worse. Mm. You're putting World Championship boxing on the undercard of these two plums who have never boxed before. That's the, the boxing fans' mentality. But you're a smart businessman. and I am, not, I am, but also... If you can't understand that. Yeah, no, but also I am very passionate about the sport. That's why when we talk about other fights on the card... One of the fights that they had on the first fight, when the geezer was doing the floss and all that, oh, it was terrible. I mean, I'm watching that going, and I understand it. Mm-hmm. You know, like the, that, like that audience think that was fucking brilliant. Mm. I right? think, well, even some of them thought it was yeah. ridiculous. I but I get what <laughs> no, you're yeah. saying, though. But, but, I'm, but I can't do that. There needs to be a respect. Like, I love a pound note, but I won't do that. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's other fighters at the moment, face sensei, like these kind of guys who have had Dylan Dennis, who have had MMA fights, who can actually really fight. Mm. And they're the ones that I will be interested in putting on the undercard. Jake there's Paul some credibility Gibb, there. Yeah, Jake Paul and Gibb are not going on this undercard. Mm-hmm. That fight may well happen and that will be more a DAZN um, decision to mm. say well you've just got I don't know half a million new subscribers 
they're probably going to go unless we don't retain else. them or give them something. Yeah. So you say, guys, good news. Next month on the undercard of, I don't know, Danny Jacobs against Julio Cesar Chavez, you've got Jake Paul against Gibb. That's actually quite right. a smart move as well because I think it, almost putting all your eggs in one basket or doing it all in one fight, you blow your load very early and then you after that. Yeah. Yeah, it's actually quite smart to long it out have a bit longer but, but no and also reason. give them their own platform because yeah. in that last fight we were saying it yesterday a lot of people are actually really hyped just for Jake Paul Deji mm. so it almost felt like a double yeah. whammy whereas- we don't necessarily the, the audience should be engaged in Logan Paul and, mm-hmm. and JJ it's re-engaging them after that do you know what I mean? So I understand the stuff about the undercard, but you're right. You don't need to almost blow your load and put four YouTube fights on straight off the bat on that card. You need to try and keep them engaged. It's a monthly subscription service. Exactly. You can buy an annual pass or you can subscribe every month. If you're a YouTube fan and you're not really a boxing fan and you subscribe for this fight, it's very likely that you're going to unsubscribe the next month if there's nothing that's going to you know, I mean, you, you, you live in a subscription yeah. world, you know, and you know that the mindset of these people, you have to keep them engaged. Yeah. From the zone point of view, you know, JJ and Logan have uh, been controversial in the past. How hard was it to sell this to them? And also, have they, since the fight was made, said to you, for fuck's sake, Eddie, what have you got us in <laughs> yeah. here? You know the good I mean? news about the zone is, is they're a streaming platform. Right. So, you know, when you go into their office, in New York, which we thankfully share, um, amazing. They're all young people, mm. like they understand this. So when I first pitched it to them, um, because like I said, the first fight, mm-hmm. people came to me and said, do you want to get involved? And I was like, no fucking way. I said, where is it? Manchester Arena. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm dying with laughter. Oh, it's on pay-per-view. I'm like, this is fucking great. Mm. This is, you know. I actually seen an interview with you before the very first fight, yeah. the, the Joe the Weller. Box one, yeah. And you, when you were like, no broadcaster's <laughs> no, ever going to take know, this shit on. It will be terrible. They, they dig up a lot of those interviews. I love it. Fair You just have to admit you're wrong. Yeah. So I watched, you know, the, the Copper Box one was a success, but it didn't blow my mind. You yeah. know, I was like, okay. You yeah. actually called it like I did. You said it'll do 20 million views. Yeah. Like, yeah. You, you, you knew what you were, yeah. were going to do. A little, little bit. And then the other one was just crazy. And when I started looking at the individual breakdown of the pay-per-view globally, you know, and it's fascinating to see, you know, 380 in the UK, 380 in America, 110 in Canada, you know, 60 (coughs) in Germany. That's my world. They're my markets for TV. So I'm starting to look at it. And then Liam come on to us and said, you know, would you be interested? We teamed up with DAZN at the time, and this is right up their street. So when I went into them and said about this project, they're like, yeah. You know, that could be really interesting. I'm mm. like, really? I said, I have to say, like, we are going to get so much stick about this, but mm. it will work for you. But like, there's no downside to this outside of the stick. You know, it's either going to do 300,000 subscribers or 600,000 subscribers, but it's going to do well and it's mm. going to create a load of publicity for the DAZN brand and it's going to get a lot of traction. It's just for us is the credibility. So they were all for it, really. And they're different. You know, we've got two main broadcasters, DAZN and Sky. Sky Sky, surprised me. Because they're an old man brand. Yeah, but they're Sky. They're Comcast. They're very corporate, you know. I mean, even when we took AJ to Saudi, it was like, ooh, you know. Whereas DAZN are like, okay. DAZN are a new brand. They're a streaming service. Different way to interact with their customers. Different kind your, of customers. your relationship is different. So your it, it feels like the zone appointed you sort of to direct their boxing mm. strategy. 
Is yeah. that true? Yeah, you- same really. I mean, so we've you sell your rights, your events to different territories yeah. around the world. So Sky are our UK broadcaster. Okay. We've been with them for 20 odd years, you know, and DAZN are our US broadcaster. Right. So they came, they launched in the US. They're already in Germany, Canada, um, uh, Japan, Italy, Spain, etc. So they're everywhere apart from here. Yes. What happens? Well, that's going to be awkward no, for you. Yeah, I know. And if the zone go, yeah. let's fucking take over the UK because they've got to be thinking about it. Of course, it. of course. And, you know, that's a decision for us. It's going to be great for you because yeah, yeah. you've got to go, show me the money. <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. It is. And it's like, you know, we've got another, uh, just about a year and a half left on our Sky deal. Are it's awkward because there's, there's, as you said, with your dad and all mm. of that, there's all ties with yeah. Sky. No, and, and by the way, and they've been very, very good to yeah. us. I mean, we're the, one of the reasons we have the business, the size of the business we have, is because of Sky. Mm-hmm. And by the way, as a, as a brand, as a broadcaster, you know, the downside of the zone at the moment is the viewership's quite limited mm-hmm. because they're launching in different areas. They're not, they don't have the brand of Sky or in America, ESPN or Fox. But all you need, you, and you know, all you need to build that brand is to say Anthony Joshua is fighting only on his own in the UK. Goodbye, Sky and Sky are fucked. Well, it's the same thing uh, yeah, with the football. Yeah. Well, the if, fo- if you put Manchester United on no, another channel, no, the football, Sky I mean, and pre- the, the Premier League football is. Yeah, I think without the Premier League football, I think Sky. But I think Sky, you know, not speaking on their behalf, I think, I think they'll change their mindset to almost a platform mm-hmm. mindset, like coming, a Netflix type thing. Yeah, or just a, a place that holds channels. Right. Do you know what I mean? Because that's a great business and, yeah. and that's a great model. And in the end, you probably will see DAZN are on a channel Sky, yeah. that Sky offer right, to their customers. Okay. If you look at Sky's new sort of advertising, it's all like BBC One, ITV, ITV4, you know, uh, Sky Sports, mm-hmm. Sky One, Paramount, HBO. It's like, we're not no longer Sky. I mean, back in the day, Sky would never push terrestrial TV. They've got no choice though as well. No, exactly. But I feel like they're being smart and thinking, right, we're beaten here unless we adapt. Yeah, I think, I think yeah. they're now saying, we are a platform. Yeah. I mean, and this is, we talk about this new world. Like, my daughter has just uh, turned 10, right? So, for her birthday, we got her this bed with a, t- a TV pops up at the bottom. You know, right jealous because it is the nuts. Yeah. I mean, I've been sleeping in <laughs> Yeah, you most thought nights. you were yeah, a silver spoon kid. <laughs> yeah, I just got a big screen at the end of the yeah. bed. So, I said to her, oh, great, what we'll do is we're going to get Sky and we're going to make sure that you can watch Sky in your room. She went, I don't want Sky, Dad. I just I want to zone. I want proper boxing. Yeah, exactly. No, she, she, saying, she, says, she, no, she just said, I just need, I just need Netflix. Yeah. Wow. And, and that's really the changing of the mindset of the customer where how I grew up was you, you have to have Sky. Like, mm-hmm. It's not even up for consideration. It was like and a status what? symbol, wasn't it? It's only it? when I, I spoke to Sky when I got this new thing reinstalled mm-hmm. that I found out how much I was fucking paying yeah, for exactly. it. And I actually went to him, in the end, I went, any chance of this for free? And they went, <laughs> and they went, and they went, are we not giving you it free already? I went, no. Yeah. I went, can I have the last 10 years back as oh, well? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's quite, you know, it is expensive. And, and I think that's why they've got to look at, you know, they're, they're, they're smart people. Was Sky, was Sky worried about, because just about, back on the controversy thing, yeah. Sky, they're, they're an old man brand, gen- mm. like from a while back. You're dragging them into the mm. new breed, but obviously the things that have gone on with Logan's life and JJ's life, mm. was there any hesitation, or were they like, "Ah, oh, we're fu- we have to go for I this"? I think I think a lot a lot of those sort of corporate companies, they, you know, it, it's like with Saudi Arabia. Mm. You know, it's like, oh, I don't know if uh, whew, we'd be able to. Do that. I went, 
no problem if you don't want to do it let me know and I'll take you somewhere else no of course well we're going to be doing the fight yeah. you know what I mean so, and it's a bit like this you know with yeah. KSI Logan Paul I don't <coughs> I think with this they don't really know enough about yeah. the history and what's been done and I, I, people do like in Sky do but I don't think it's something where you know and, and actually the stuff mainly about uh, Logan with you know the suicide stuff mm. it's only really that world that that know about it mm-hmm. really. like if you sat down with an exec from DAZN or, no, or Sky and went oh do you know that he once did this they'd go Enough, did he? Mm. But actually, when you explain, how much money is he going to make us? Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. no, but, you know, but that's almost like the mentality, yeah, you know, and that's that's that's, that's, that's life. That's called the corporate world, yeah. you know. But they've they've of course got reputations to uphold. But mm. I think in that respect, like I didn't know anything about it. I was going to say, so how, like, coming into it, how much did you know? Nothing about it? at all, really. It was only when someone said to me, I "Can't remember who it was." Oh, you got to be careful of that because right. he once did this, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "Did he? Okay, well, we all make mistakes, don't we? You know, but." It's interesting. Like every time now they do it, like uh, JJ was doing an interview with, might have been Sky or William Hill or something like that. Yeah. And he was like, Yeah, because this guy, you know, he filmed it. I'm going, All right, mate. There's yeah. uh, not a lot of people know about that. So yeah. can we just uh, keep it under wraps? But I guess that's the whole, you know, I mean, you tell me. I'm guessing when that happened, his career just went, but, well, it, probably well, went like that, actually. You know, actually, like, yeah. well, actually Brian really, uh, really helped that. So maybe you owe Brian a thank you because right, okay. uh, Brian did a really big video about it. Right. Uh, Brian is in the room, but I'll still talk about him as if Thank he isn't. Uh, did a really big video. He had, he had cried because it was quite emotional. Mm. And then Logan reacted and uh, they did a podcast and sort of made up. We, we, yeah, I, I, saw, I guess I helped him a little bit with, with his reputation there. But, um, you know, he's bounced back massively and mm. learned from it. And actually what we're seeing now, because we're doing interviews with both the lads right before the fight, but n- talking to them, you've got them at the perfect time because mm. the first fight... Uh, they were like sort of it's amazing how much they've grown up in a year basically mm. they're men they, now, yeah. They, yeah, yeah they've gone from like boys to men mm. in like a year it's like mm. wow like going through fighter training mans mm. you the fuck up yeah, yeah, quickly sure. mm. even if you're rich mm. it will fucking force that into you I, I was when I first met Logan Paul which mm. was about 20 minutes before the UK uh, the US press conference wow, wow. was that the first time yeah. you met him yeah, yeah. I was like I, I was quite shocked with his one, his, his his charisma, two, how smart he was. I could really, I saw that str- like literally, he walked into the room with his shades on and like you know shirt undone <laughs> here and his jewelry, and I thought, oh, you know, firstly the the thing that surprised me was the size of him, dude. I'm by the way, I mean, <laughs> especially I was, now, yeah, I was like, it's fucking huge, isn't fucking yeah, huge. I mean. Tall, yeah. great physique. I'm thinking, how the fuck him and JJ the same way? Well, JJ's just carrying more body fat. Yeah. I mean, that's the truth. Of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he's again. When I met JJ for the first time was when I was doing my podcast. I've seen that. Not quite as big as your one, <laughs> right? And he was he was overweight. Yeah. And when I saw him in LA, I was like, fuck, he's, he's dropped about over yeah. a stone already. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's you know he's going to be a good show. But the first thing Logan walked in with a real aura, right? So he stood there and. All the, the journos and the media and the you know the, the YouTube guys just flock round him to do all like just a, a quick huddle of interviews. And he had a little toothpick in his mouth. And I was just watching him going, Fuck me. Mm-hmm. Like I live in a world that's my job normally. Like what he was doing. To tell him to be a, how to and stop. fighters don't have that personality. Mm-hmm. Some do. Like Tyson Fury, you know, those kind of guys. But I'm watching him going, Fuck, he's like he's like Conor McGregor. Yeah. I'm watching him and he was playing it and the, yeah, they were going to him you know do you think this is I've got to tell you 
boxing's my life. You know, I'm thinking, fuck. I'm, I was just, like, in awe of him. Uh -huh. yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Tell him, Logan. I'm, I For the ones who get it done, the most important part is the one you need now. And the best partner is the one who can deliver. That's why millions of maintenance and repair pros trust Granger, Because we have professional-grade supplies for every industry, even hard-to-find products. And we have same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders. But most importantly, we have an unwavering commitment to help keep you up and running. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I think that's one of the main things that you said about Logan that people underestimate. And after having private conversations with him, he is so fucking intelligent. Mm, oh. I, and I think if I was as intelligent as you are at your mm, age, mm. I would have fucking pissed life by yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, Because, what is he, 25? Yeah. Something like that. Anyway. Is that all he is? Yeah, but yeah. that's what, when I seen him, at, so I, I remember seeing him at the first fight, he was vegan, he was, uh, he was quite lean, mm. but he still had the frame. But I, I see him at the UK press conference, oh, yeah. I was like, holy shit, you're yeah. fucking huge. I yeah. couldn't believe that him and Jade, like fair play to JJ, yeah. he's got he's got a set of bollocks on yeah, him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because he's fighting a guy with a much bigger frame. Mm. Um, and there's, It's going to be very tough for him. Yeah, bravely. Especially with no head guards. Because yeah. if you watch the first fight back, the first half of the fight, mm. uh, Logan Paul just dominated. Mm -hmm. Right, It's only when he got tired mm -hmm. that actually JJ started winning the rounds on mm -hmm. the back end. The danger in this fight is that you can't get hit by the same shots with the small gloves and no head guards mm. on. So what's going to happen is, and, and you know, if you can land that, for example, the jabs, yeah, but well, they're going to bust your face. So up. if yeah. you can, but also what is a, a jab is often there to basically set someone up for the big yeah. hand. And if you if he actually knew enough about boxing mm. at the time and there was no head guards to follow that jab up with the big hand, Logan would have finished that fight yeah. in within the first three rounds. Mm. And that to me now, as as mates of both of them, I'm like. And the, but then, what to be fair, what JJ did, he kept moving. Mm. Logan was sort of flat footed. He yeah. was walking like he wasn't on his toes the way JJ was. So it, also, JJ's got this like freakish stamina. By mm. the way, mm. like people don't get that. Like pr professional boxers are, are underrating these guys oh. massively as athletes, yeah, but, not as fighters. Mm. You can say what you want about mm. the skill level, but like JJ has this cardio. And it must be like his fucking family blood. Like yeah, yeah, this guy yeah. can run and run and go and go. Like he was getting in the seventh. He could have done ten rounds yeah, that night. Yeah, like, he looked amazing. But I think as well, people don't realise the sort of the adrenaline pressure that drains you mm. and the mental pressure. Like I yeah. just think the mad thing about this is, is they've walked out in front of whatever eighteen thousand in mm. Manchester, like to have a fight, and they live in a world where like if they lose. Like, I, I truly believe that in LA someone will get knocked out right? mm. that will get played back like, I'm not saying it's career ending for him but it's fucking like, well Joe Weller just did a video because yeah. he lost to JJ and yeah. he said make no mistake it never ever goes no. away every tweet I do everything cool. it's, it's you got finished by yeah. JJ yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it's not it's different because in boxing it's sort of part of the job where mm. it comes accustom like I win some I lose some you know like hopefully yeah. I win more but when you lose it's not like ah because yeah, like, yeah. children aren't watching it no, no, yeah. yeah you get a bit of stick yeah. but like because it's kids are like watching this whoever does lose and if they do lose brutally mm. It is going to be worse because you can't just go, yeah, well, I'll have another fight in six months' time. And no, no, you're not a fighter. No, you're I'm, a YouTuber. Yeah. This is actually could be, if you get dropped badly, this could be over for you forever. Well, and, 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 what, and what Logan Paul said is, I'm going to make a meme out of you. Yeah. And actually, you can see it, can't you? Sure. You know that 
so I, I truly believe someone will get knocked out in this mm. fight and that mean mm. is gonna just like fly I'm, forever isn't it I, I feel mean, really bad because I like both of them equally yeah. I'm like good pals with both of them now and I'm like Oh, it's going to be... We're, we're doing a live... like Thanks, we, we do a live show here where we watch the fight. So for Anthony Joshua Ruiz, we yeah. watch it. So people, gogglebox style, mm. watch our reactions. Mm. I mean, fuck me, that was a reaction. I oh, tell no, you, no, we no, were no, not thanks. expecting well, that that night. Yeah. I didn't do a reaction. Um, I was just... Yeah. You yeah. poor bastard. No. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. But, uh, before we get into that, one thing... Uh, so do you have any... You know, you've been around fighters a lot. Do you have any opinions on how you see this fight going I know that isn't really I think it's going to be very dangerous for JJ very early mm. really dangerous mm -hmm. because it's like one of those things where they're not fighters so when they'll have a game plan right and, and they'll know exactly what they've got to do but as Mike Tyson says everyone's got a plan until you get punched in the yeah. face mm. right and that's exactly what will happen so someone's going to come out and when they feel the difference with the gloves and the no head guard and you get stunned, ten ounce, ten ounce, yes, which is a standard yeah. for a pro. So they will have what, never have felt, but before they, they, they might get in the survive room. it, but it's not. It's not know, the same when someone's trying to kill no, you. No. Mm. And, and basically, someone's going to get backed up. Someone's going to get hit. Someone's going to get hurt. And I yeah. think that's when it all unfold really quickly. I believe the fight will be over in three rounds because someone's going to get hit, and then someone's going to go. But like they'll panic. Mm -hmm. They won't go. Okay, tuck up, defend. You know hold recover mm -hmm. they'll go oh fuck well and then and unfortunately the way i see it is they're both trading yeah and it's going to be because the one thing that there is here is ego they've both got ego i love that by world champions no yeah i, I don't see I either of them backing down no but here. i love the fact that they're both desperate to mm. win not not well not just as youtubers but as athletes, like mm. they've they've embraced the sport. This is one thing that frustrates me a little bit with the boxing fans. Like you have to give them credit for one the training and two that they've done it before mm. and three. I mean, look, they're making a few quid, but they're still going out there and actually exposing themselves mm. in front of an audience. It's it's, yeah. it's this like, is the mad thing. Boxers get into boxing to get out of boxing. <laughs> they're already mm. re they, they're rich. Mm. They don't need this shit. How much money they, they got, mate? Logan, Logan told us on an interview recently, he made 35 million in a year. Nice. Right, on merchandise shit. Mm. Like, <laughs> Eddie, Eddie's going, uh, merchandise shit. Yeah, yeah. No, but I'm literally sitting merchandise there. Merchandise yeah. shit. Yeah. And you're choosing, <laughs> you're choosing to do this. Is, yeah. the in my opinion, yeah. they're mental. Yeah. I think they're absolutely mental for this because, and it is, and I admire the fact that they, they want to be number one. Mm. It's a, this is impressive to mm. me. Like, it's about you, looking for meaning. You couldn't do it after a certain age either, I think. this is. I couldn't like, do it now. It's yeah. almost like that. the perfect <laughs> time to do it, and then it's also... The you could do MMA. Yeah. Yeah, but I... Yeah, but who would face no one would pay me in MMA? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because yeah. I'd be wanting some serious cut. I want <laughs> Logan money, and I haven't yeah. got a Logan audience. Who, do you know so, what I mean? So educate me on the two of them, like, right. in terms of numbers... In terms of success, in I, terms of business, in terms of all right. So in terms of money made, you go for Logan. In terms of um, audience, I think in terms of numbers of weekly views, I'd go with JJ. In Dedicated terms of, audience. In yeah. terms, absolutely. JJ has this like core cult following, like mm. not even cult. It's just insane love. Not that J uh, Logan doesn't have that, but JJ just has something with these UK fans, especially. I think he's also, like a fucking god. JJ mm. also, we've seen JJ go from geeky 
slightly like his transformation skinny, skinny yeah. fat is teenager. Yeah. So Logan was always a jock. He always was an athlete. Whereas JJ played FIFA, yeah. sat on a fucking couch, and all of a sudden now he's fighting. And this he's huge. But guy. I watch him when he's rapping. Yeah, you know, and I think don't. Because, you know, I saw once he put a letter out and it was like Burke Hempstead School. I remember Burke Hempstead School because mm-hmm. I went to a high school as well. And that was like proper, proper posh school. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like, and when he starts talking and he's going, he's doing his rapping and selling out, you know, it's just, I look at him and think, I can't really make out if you're actually cool. Or, oh, no, no. Or, no, no. So he, I think he's, he's, he, he was a posh geek, mm. but he's transitioned into every, every, everything that people try to box him in. He's just broke out of that box and yeah. broke out, and, and he's broke out of so many boxes now. It's like you just can't tell him what you yeah. can do and what you can't do. And we I watched rate him that. grow up. It's a bit yeah. like, um, but there, whereas with Logan, people knew him for five second videos on Vine, mm. where you would have killed five second videos on Vine, <laughs> and then he transitioned into YouTube and bought a ready-made audience. And so he, people he, he hadn't quite seen him vlogs. grow up in yeah. the same way as we've seen JJ go from literally being like it's like Simba to. The Lion King. Oh, yeah. do you know what I remember I mean? when I first interviewed him for that podcast. Yeah. I, was like, I was like, "How how do you get started?" Like, I mean, it's not like now. If you dis- if you said, and obviously it's harder now because yeah. there's so many people doing it. But Saturated. I want to start doing YouTube videos. All right, there's there's a market, there's a method, you know, there's there's a there's a strategy in place. But I said to him, "What?" He said, "Well, I scored this free kick once, and it was sick, and I sort of sent it to my mate, and he was like, you should upload that.'" And then everyone started sort of sharing it, and then it just went from there. Yeah, like, <laughs> there's yeah, right place, crazy, right place, right time for yeah. sure yeah. with both these guys. But like what you said about Logan and JJ, the same. There's star quality there. Mm. I remember watching like Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock in the wrestling game. I, you know, you, you they need each other almost. Mm. They're the perfect yeah. opposites. They're quite alike. I, I actually, Weird, I asked yeah. uh, JJ the question. I said, what's it going to be like when you're watching the, the fight with Logan in 30 years' time and mm. you're actually mates? Mm. Because they're a bit like Rocky and do they, Apollo. Do they, like, do, they, do they secretly like each no, other? No, I think there's a respect there. Yeah. I've spoken to Logan and he was like, I, I, know he's what, I know what he is. I respect what yeah. he is. But at the same time, I just have to beat him. Yeah. And I do look at them like Rocky and Apollo a little mm. bit. Like They're the classic, like, you hate each other now, yeah. but you're going to like yeah, each yeah. other one day. In the hospital, you know, when they're... We're, we're oh, like, yeah. it's like, oh, I feel yeah, it coming. Yeah, yeah. Do you think there's going to be the same moment where they actually just spark each other at the same time? <laughs> yeah, I know. Do you know great, Eddie yeah. would love that. I know. Yeah. Oh, number three. <laughs> yeah. We're going for three. Um, but they're, they're unique in, in, in the world of... The fact that they've got star quality, like YouTube is a place where everyone thinks they can do it and only the cream rise to the top and there's no like surprise to me of why they are where they are. But what is the, what is the reason for that cream? Is it the character? Is it like how you know how you work your videos? Uh, is it building that social you know, following? JJ, JJ was like really smart because I think he also tapped into something like a bit of a South Park type vibe or mm. it was a bit like anti-establishment. It wasn't quite... A lot of other people quite straight-laced. They wanted to go for, like, the kids and those sorts of things, whereas JJ realised that he could appeal to kids by saying things that maybe felt a bit yeah. naughty or he a bit had a d- mm. I don't give a fuck. They've both got a I don't give a fuck attitude, mm. and that made them appeal to people. But I think they're, they're marketing smart. I think Logan, Logan's got a, a good business brain, especially at the two. But the charisma just mm. is clear as day when you meet them. Um, Have you spent a lot... Do you not spend a lot of time with them, then? Uh, I mean... The first time I met Logan was before the US press mm. conference. But I've, have you spent much with him since? Or I, any only, of only really then, and then 
conversations and then the UK press conference. And will you well. get to? Like, will you get to spend more time with it? Or is this deliberate where it's just yeah, like, I, mean, I, don't, I don't really know where this is going. Yeah. I mean, I'm, fa- I'm fascinated by the world because I'm just fascinated by business, I guess. And yeah. just, but, but, but content as well. You know, I'm a big... Like, one of the reasons we've got to where we are with Matrim is because of the content that we've created around the fights, you know, the mm-hmm. shoulder programming. Trying to... I'm a big believer that in sport, the way to grow a sport is to build the personalities and the characters. And in boxing, it's just like... And it's not just the boxers. You know, you yeah. might have me. You might have old Frank Warren. You've got Bob Arum in the States. Well, no, but Don King. But let's yeah. be honest, like though. You are different. And I've noticed that is... Boxing was in danger for a minute there. The UFC was growing. It had everyone into it. Like the, the, the characters that they were creating, the content that they were mm. creating, was far and above anything that boxing was doing. And I feel like you came along and were like, oh, and you caught on. And all the other promoters, I don't feel, did catch on. And that's why you're now sitting mm. at the top of those promoters is because... You took Anthony Joshua and you you helped make him into where not, not taking anything away from the great boxers that you've had, mm. but you've made the most out of them. Yeah. And you have a brain for that. And that's have, why. But the way you do that is you you just have to expose them to an audience. You have to let people learn about them, mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter. When my dad was killing snooker in like the late seventies and eighties, <laughs> like you look back at the personalities like Alex the Hurricane Higgins, right? <laughs> Would win a game of snooker, mm-hmm. do about eight lines of gear and go and have a fight in the press centre after. Bloody good block. Right. <laughs> right. And you'd have Bill Werbenick would drink 12 pints mm-hmm. and you'd have, you know, Tony Mio w- was there, like the Italian who would eat pasta at the table. Like that's how you create characters. It's like JJ and Logan. Mm. They're characters, right? Exactly. They're like cartoon characters, exactly. aren't they? With boxing, you've got to do the same kind of thing. Yeah. So, you know, we had Carl Froch, who built the rivalry with George Groves. You know, you had Tony <laughs> Bellew, you know the big Froch? scouser that was just like... Is Froch as dislikable as what everyone says he is, as a person? What Because he comes across as extremely what arrogant. What makes Froch dislikable is what made him a great... Yeah. Which is the stubbornness... Yeah. Sorry, Carl, but the tightness. <laughs> like, he... If there was a pound over there... He would roll around, even the size of you, he would roll around with you now. He would have loved the UK press conference then. Yeah, I know. Yeah. If, he would have, if he believed that was his pound. Yeah. But that's what made him. He wasn't technically great, but he was one of the fucking hardest geezers you will ever meet. And I tell you, in terms of someone who you would want going to bat for you on the street, Frotch is right up there, mate, because he's granite. But Be- Bellew, you mentioned this, yeah, sorry, well, he cut a- you off. Yeah. You seem particularly close. Yeah, he's like, I mean, I class him as, like, my life now is my business. Mm-hmm. So I've got eight mates who I went from the age of, I don't know, 15 to 24 with, mm-hmm. out all the time, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We actually had a lunch the other day, which was fucking hilarious. It's so good sometimes just to, like, meet up with your proper old school mate. Is it nice to be normal for you again? Because this is weird. Yeah. You've gotten famous now. Like, yeah. You were boxing famous a couple of years well, ago. Well, the problem now you're is mainstream this, this in, in no context. Oh, me, right? right? You're mainstream. Yeah, I don't sound arrogant, but I don't really like it because I don't really know. <laughs> we live in this world where you can become famous by people posting clips, silly clips, like no context. And I don't have an issue with it. I think it's fucking hilarious. But like, I was driving here today and I got to the lights and this guy's gone and I put down the window and he's gone you're the insta geezer 
Yeah. I said, sorry? He went, you're the Instagram, mate. You are killing Instagram at the moment. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck are I've you got done? a really good business that I've built with my family. And yeah. like, I'm a boxing promoter. Yeah. I don't know if you know. It's like, yeah, fuck that, mate. Do that thing when you go, oh, go on, man. You know, and I'm like, oh, mate. Oh, mate. I mean, I've you've got to embrace there. it. I've but, been there. It's horrible. But that it's is like, funny, though, isn't it? It like, is, but it's just this mad world where, like, again, yesterday, I was I was uh, at meetings in town. I'm on a tube, right, on the Jubilee line, and I'm sitting there. Was the tube moving for you yesterday? Uh, yeah, just about. Yeah, this, just is, about. I, this was before the, uh, yeah. the working class met the middle class yeah. like, at Canning Town, yeah. which is never a great yeah. idea. No. So, and, like, people are like, you get to a stage where, people start staring and yeah. they point as well yeah. oh yeah so it's like that's look, look. we went on the underground with him yeah, yeah. and actually I start to feel a little bit uncomfortable there mm. do you know what it's I mean it's like a, it's a bit like Inception a bit you know Inception yeah. where the dream works out who it is and they all start yeah. going get you, him yeah, yeah. It is, it's like and then people start going oh mate like can I have, and then someone will take a picture and then people like the 80% of people who don't know you are go can well, I have why a they picture haven't, yeah it's like well, who am I I've no idea Never mate, met, I just want a picture so it's a world that you know, I did grow up in a world where where I lived, my dad was like a bit of a face. Like we'd go to restaurants and people would go, oh, it's Barry Ann, you know, mm-hmm. you know. And I get that now. Um Where did you grow no, up? It's not the I same. I grew up in Essex. Right. I grew okay. up in Essex, lived there all my life. And basically my dad was from Dagnum. He um from a council estate in Dagnum had nothing, really. And his dad was a bus driver and he became one of the youngest chartered accountants, qualified at like nineteen, and then went off met Steve Davis the snooker player in like a snooker hall and said I'm going to manage you knew fuck all about snooker and drove him all over the country hustling at the snooker club so he'd go into a snooker club with this 16 year old 6 foot 2 ginger kid built like that and go right this kid take on anyone you want club captain grand on it right and they'd be like what him and everyone would play they'd hustle everybody for, and they'd drive up and down the country doing this then he he started getting snooker then he exploded snooker then he got into boxing like just went for it did Frank Bruno against Joe Bugner at White Hart Lane had Eubank Nazim Hamid Lennox Lewis you know etc etc and then so my I grew up I grew up at a time where he was making proper money but he is like the epitome of working class mm. and he was petrified that I was going to be the kid that he fucking hated growing mm-hmm. up. You know, like the one where the posh kid at school had mm-hmm. a rich parents. You know, so he sort of drilled me from an early age, whether it was sending me to boxing clubs, whether it was getting me to fucking clean his shoes and his cars and like all this kind of stuff. And I've got his work ethic, which he's probably, you know, I'm very proud of because I could have been that horrible fucking spoiled kid. That, mm-hmm. no, that, you know, that, they're horrible, those people. Did you go to a private school? I did. I got kicked out the fifth year. And then I went to a college, just a normal college in uh, in Romford. And that was the making of me, really, because I get too deep into it, it's quite boring. But when I was at this posh school, I had all these people telling me what to do. And I kind of rebelled against being told what to do. I was, I was a bit of a brat, do you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. these folks were like, and I was like hanging around with Frank Bruno, Lennox Lewis, going to Eubank shows, bringing his belts out. And then I've got like this history teacher telling me what to do. And next thing it was like, detention. And that, that, that would almost make, fuck you, you cut, right, another detention. Yeah. And then it just, it just kept spiraling and spiraling. Then when they wouldn't let me go to the sixth form, I went to this college where basically you either turned up or you didn't. So after class, after a week, we're downstairs outside the canteen smoking weed. And the other half were trying. I said to the teacher, I said, what happens if you don't turn up? Well, it's, nothing. it's up to you isn't it you know if you don't want to get your grades like there's not a lot we can do about it 
and that flipped me completely the other way because and it I, became your choice though. yeah and I didn't have any friends there I just did my lessons then went to the library and studied and I got three A levels it was irrelevant really I was always going to go and fucking work for my dad anyway yeah. but then from there I went into the, the West End into the city and started working for a sports management company I didn't want to work for my dad because everyone always said to me oh you're Barry Anson you're Barry like when growing up like, I was a good sportsman played for Essex cricket for seven or eight years like yeah, you got in the team. You're Barry Hanson. Cricket. I know cricket. You love cricket. I, I can't see believe you it. I know. Oh, he's, <laughs> a, he's a he's an amazing bowler. Yeah, really, really good. Really yeah, really fucking good. Yeah, he's about but, six. But I was I, I boxed for Billy, for Billy Ricky Amateur Club. I had a few fights, and every time they found out I was Barry Hanson, it was like you know. So I was always Barry Hearn's son, mm. and I've got a real chip on my shoulder about that, and that's why I'm so driven to outperform him. I like, think we joke. Like, yeah, well, yeah, but we joke all the time. Like he's like. The, the, but one of the ways I can't outperform him is he went from he's self-made do you know what I mean I can never be self-made mm. that's my one regret <sighs> in life do you know what I mean but I'm, you, you play the hand you're dealt but my one regret is I never come from that I don't country. believe anyone is self-made I think that's something that you can say depending on the circumstances you started in but you never get from there to there without help along the way so yeah. for example if Frank Bruno tells you to go and fuck yourself you're yeah. not promoting you my luck. fight luck's massive yeah. you know luck's massive there'll be points in your career where you, you've just had that bit of luck but in terms of what we've achieved me and my dad we're on the same level mm -hmm. but he started back here and I picked yeah. up from here and taken at what here. point did he hand you the reins was it like an apprenticeship or was it no I went basically I was I was working for this sports management company I was representing golfers on a PGA tour in America and I said to him like I don't want, I was flying everywhere I said I, want, I think I'm going to come back and work for Matra mm. and I noticed at the time it's, it's not, not similar to YouTube but poker and online gaming was starting a massive boom and I loved poker I loved playing poker I thought it was a fascinating game me too and I started to create all the televised poker events and we went through a stage with the growth of the gaming companies where basically every televised poker event in the world was a matron production so we were doing all the poker on channel four channel five sky sports we were making a fortune mm -hmm. but the game when you talk about characters and personalities like my grounding in poker has helped me so much in boxing because i would play a game like this right so we would have cameras i mean actually not too dissimilar to this yeah. setup We'd be playing here, and you would have bought in for a hundred grand. Mm -hmm. You've bought in for a hundred grand, right? We're filming it in a warehouse. People are turning up with readies, right? Because this is a world. He would turn up, and he would go, "Oh, Eddie, um, I've got fifty, and my mates coming down here with fifty. After, no, it's like, no, no. What do you mean, no, 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 no? And and like you were dealing with proper scallywags. Mm -hmm. I mean, in a boxing world. People talk about it's underworld, it's this. A mm, little bit. In the poker world, that's different <laughs> yeah, level. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you, do, you end up dealing with people. And, you know, the perception with me is probably from that, that not underworld of boxing, but, you know, he's like, oh, he's been, you know, pulled, a, pulled a wall over his eyes a mm -hmm. bit and went to a private school, you know, <laughs> that sort of stuff. But people don't realise what I've grown up in. Yeah. At eight years old, I was going to my dad's shows where it was like, turn up, and I'd, I ain't got to hang around with him. I was just off sneaking back to change rooms watching people yeah. seeing fighters get brought back on stretchers unconscious you know seeing fighters fucking break down in tears I've been around it for over 30 years so when he it must held take a lot to touch you at that point in terms of if a fighter wins or loses it must must not really affect you too badly though. yeah it depends how close you are to yeah. like I say Bellew like there's the famous clip of yeah. I don't know if you've seen it fucking it's the funniest thing ever where Bellew beats David Hay <laughs> And I get in the ring, and he's he the whole build up. Him and Hay have been like slagging each other off. 
And as he wins, I get in the ring and they've slow mowed it to the Titanic music. And I'm like, You've been done so badly. Like, yeah. And I go to him, I go, like that. And I grab him and he sort of pulls me away off. and yeah. goes over to David Hay and checks he's all right. I'm like, So I've gone like this, turn around, and my dad's there and I've just gone and just cuddled yeah. him instead. But I get, I mean, I've. Like, so David I'm, Hay was I'm, giving you some shit. Oh, he was. Yeah. yeah, but you know the thing with that, like David Hay, when you talk about characters and personalities. Yeah. So, David Hay was a brilliant self-promoter. Uh-huh. Brilliant. Probably, like, one of the first of his kind of, like, the Conor McGregor's and that sort of yeah. stuff. So, the first ever press conference, we've sat down. And I was a little bit nervous because my break in boxing came through Audley Harrison, mm-hmm. right, years ago. And I took Audley to the David Hay fight. Mm-hmm. It's a long story, a great story. And it was the worst moment of my career, that fight. But when I sat at that press conference, it was me, Audley, David Hay. And I was like, you know, I was talking and I could feel like, I'm not shaking, but you know when you sort of, you're a bit like, oh, and I, I'm sort of going, you know, Audley Harrison, you know, this guy, this is his moment, you know, and this was the first time anyone had seen me in the boxing, you know, and I'm going, he, he's going to walk through this door, you know, his whole life, people told him he couldn't do it, he won Olympic gold, and people are going, fuck me, is this guy talking about Audley Harrison? But I sold it, like, but I was nervous. And Hayes always, because of that moment, Hayes always, and in the build-up to that fight, I was saying, Hayes overrated, he's got no chin, Aldi Harrison's going to knock him out. And when he knocked out Aldi Harrison at Manchester Arena that night, I went downstairs, never forget it, and I thought to myself, I'm never working in boxing again. People were saying to me, Hearn has fucking sold us this pay-per-view for eight weeks, and Aldi Harrison hasn't thrown a fucking punch. I wasn't impressed right? myself, to be honest. Right. So I'm walking... <laughs> from one end of the corridor at the Manchester Arena to go to the car park oh, and I'm like my world's Shit. ended yeah. I've looked up and I've seen David Hay at the oh other end right? and I thought first of all I thought I've slagged him off that much he could he might chin me mm. right so I'm walking along and I'm like he's getting closer, <clears> closer. <throat> I'm like as I've got close I've gone alright Dave and he's gone well done well done I walked off and I was like yeah, yeah, you know, but, but he well, knew. He was like, he was like, you, you knew he had no fucking chance. The yeah. truth is, I, I was sold as well. But he was like, good promotion, well done, you know. And it was like, uh, really, sort of. And he, at the time, he was so powerful in boxing. So when we did the Bellew fight, I made the fight with him, and we sat down first press conference, and he's gone. Uh, I got Dave um, over to you. Big fight, exciting times gone. Why are you asking the questions? And I'm like. Sorry, he's gone. You know you. It's all about you, and it always on the camera. Oh, apples and pears, well, but I'm like, and he's just gone for it, right? He's going, you're a joke, mate. You're the, yeah. and I'm like, so then I've bit a little bit. I've gone. Do you know what I said? You should have a fucking picture of me on your mantelpiece. You are skint, and I'm giving you to come. I'm giving you this fight, and he's going backwards and forwards, right? And I'm like, anyway, is Tony just sat there like? Yeah, you know, he's sort of piping up every now and again. And then I've done a head to head, and they've yeah. sort of had a little scrap, and I. I've sort of left the presser going, what the fuck's that come from? Anyway, about two hours later, he's called me, right, on my phone. So I've got David Hay, I'm like, all right, Dave, he's gone, how good was that? I'm like, what do you mean? He's gone, that was fucking brilliant. <laughs> I've gone, and I'm like, I was, I had the ump with him a little yeah. bit, I'm like, I'm thinking, you cheeky fucker. Yeah. Like, you've just abused me at this yeah. press conference. And then I realised, like, that's, 
that's it, you know. And it's, it's a, not personal. No, it's, it's just not. Business. But and it's a bit like Logan, and you know, mm. you hope that they share this experience and they build this great event, and hopefully they have this great fight. Mm-hmm. And at the end of it, like they could end up getting a lot of respect worldwide. Like when we talk about building audiences mm-hmm. and about us trying to tap into that market, it could work the other way. You know, this could really grow their audience oh, yeah. to the casual market, you know, outside of the YouTubers where people go, do you know what? Fair play to that fight. Because there's nothing like getting respect, mm. yeah. like going to battle, like mm. going to war in, in, in a fight. You know, be, I, I don't might- think there's anyone else who could do it while we're on the subject of those two. In the YouTube community, there's no one else who could play that A and B mm. like the mm. way they do, following athletically balls. Yeah. Like they, <laughs> no one else is going to bring what they are going to bring. Yeah. You have to be able to hold your nerve as well, though, because <clears throat> that must fight. be... Oh, oh, I was going to say, well, with, with these guys especially, you have to have that long-term vision of being able to get respect because mm. at, any ter- at any point where everyone's going, you're a fucking pussy or I hate yeah. you or you're in the suicide mm. forest or whatever, you could go... If you're not mentally all there, you could just break and go, fuck, it's not worth it. Mm. But if you hold your nerve in the long run, then you get the respect. Yeah. You have to have that long-term vision. Oh, the, the, pressure the, the, the pressure that they're under is, a, is very unique because... The fact is that these, th- this is the mental thing about it, is Mike Tyson's first, second fights were probably watched by 500 to 1,000 yeah. people. Their first and second fights, mm-hmm, yeah. 20 million, know, you know, yeah. like minimum. Mm. And that's not even including all the clips that were shared across mm. everywhere else. So. It must be quite, um, I think when you talk about like mental health and stuff like that, I worry for those kind of guys mm. because it's, it's not, I, I look at Anthony Joshua sometimes and I feel quite sorry for him sometimes because when I met him, like he, he'd won gold in the Olympics. Obviously, he was a household name, but <clears throat> he was just a kid. Like he lived with his mum. Uh-huh. His idea of a night out would be <laughs> to go get some mates around, play FIFA, like get a bit of food, maybe go to a club in Watford. Do you know what I mean? Now he can't do anything, right? And look, people will say, "Oh yeah, but he's made fucking loads of money." And same with these guys, but. It's quite a difficult it's life. A weird like, thing. You have to really, and something that probably I struggled with a little bit when I started to become a little bit more known was the criticism. You know, like I used to read every mention on Twitter, like every single one. Why? But just because I was embracing the model of social media, I was embracing the audience. I got to know them, and at first there was no negativity. Like when I was on the way up, it was like, "Fucking hell, Eddie, you're turning boxing over." go and beat these old farts like promoters change the game and then you change it and you get there and it's like whoa you're just doing <laughs> yeah, no, because once you become champion yeah. like and you became that champion of that game they then want to see you yeah fall. of course they do yeah. but then when you're reading it I was reading it all the time and I was like fuck like I don't understand I haven't changed what I'm doing or as a person from a year ago I'm doing the same thing. But the portrayal of you had changed. Yeah. And oh, those you're clicks now Doctor Evil. Yeah. Because but you become more successful. Yeah. But Stuff that also, people are slowing clicks down of you. Yeah. That you're yeah, starting to become that. Old things I've said. Yeah. You know, oh, he's two-faced. He's a liar. I said, no, no. Your things just change. You had you the P. I mean? Diddy style sort of thing where it was like mm. you were seen as the guy, the, the guy who wanted to be in all the videos. You yeah. were seen that yeah, way. Yeah. And like, and people were a bit like, well, why the fuck is this guy? Yeah. But I maybe do. David I'm a Like, that's what I do, you know. And I think as you get a little bit older, that sort of does... You know, there's a guy called Al Heyman, right? And he's a advisor in America. Yeah. And he's like, no one ever sees him, right? He's a boxing advisor. Very smart guy. But he might pop up in the background of a locker room once a year. Do you know what I mean? And I always thought, what load of bollocks that is? Because he's really a promoter. He calls himself manager, but he's really a promoter. So what sort of promoter is that? 
you know, Don King style, mm. you've got to get out there and fucking. And then as I get a bit older, I go, God, I'd love to be Al Heyman. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because he's like, but when I first started, yeah. and then we're talking 10 years ago now, like really when I first started promoting boxing, I, you know, I was 30. I was like, this is fucking great. You know, so now yeah. it's like, oh, uh, and you do want to take a little bit of that but you can't do that because you are that guy you now are you're mainstream famous though and, and this is the thing is in, even in the last six months and, and I'm sure to do with this KSI Logan Paul thing as well your fame has skyrocketed I don't even know if you're aware of how because I've been watching you for years but mm. now it's like you are a household name yourself mm. now you're, you're scaring me your now. ability to put a spotlight on a fight, it, it pays for you to be more famous because what you want to do yeah. is is shine on the fighters and, and actually help them. Your ability has gone through the roof. But you know, when you talk about reading the tweets, uh, you know, mental health wise, uh, did you feel any impact? Uh, you're saying that you, I haven't changed, but that negativity can get yeah, overpowered. That's, that's why I stopped doing it. Really, I mean, it wasn't like I, I find. I'm going to say I find mental health fascinating. Like when I was growing up depression and stuff like that I, I used to laugh about mm -hmm. and say mm -hmm. depression don't even exist I mean my dad's very much like that mm -hmm. like he is the most positive guy you will ever meet mm -hmm. in fact if you said to him about depression his answer would be mate dust yourself down sort your life out what's the matter with you mm -hmm. and credit like, to people like Frank Bruno actually yeah. in, in, in like but they come from that, aim, that, yeah. that same era and he, he I think he understands it more now but he mm. would still have that mindset mate I ain't I ain't getting depressed. You're joking. I'm fucking like, you know, and actually like, I do, I do think that you can, and I've, I, I can't honestly sit here and say I've ever been, I've ever suffered from depression, but the negativity sort of took me to a place where my person, not personality, but just being around my family and it would end up giving me the hump, basically. Mm. That's the best way to describe mm. it. Where it was like, you can't read all this negativity and be a positive individual. And I was a like, and I am, uh -huh. I was a pod, but it was starting to, you know, like I'd get home and I'd think, why the fuck, like, I'm putting my absolute heart and soul into what I do, right? Mm -hmm. I love the sport. I'd do anything for the sport of boxing. I'm away from my family all the time. I don't need, like, I, don't, I really don't need to be reading this shit and getting this stick. And it was only when I think I was out, I was Wayne, Wayne Rooney, I was out with Wayne Rooney and I said, like, <laughs> Do you, uh, yeah, my mate Wayne. You know, <laughs> and I was like, no, but he's, I love Wayne Rooney yeah. because he, for everything that he's achieved and everything he's got, you couldn't meet a more down-to-earth guy. I mean, it's one of the reasons he gets himself into trouble now and again. He's so normal. He ain't changed. He's the same individual. And I said to him once, I went, because like, he posted something uh, about me and boxing and I was reading the replies and it was like, fuck. Like what they were saying about Rooney was like horrible. Mm -hmm. I said to him, how'd you handle the... Uh, you know, like the social media. He went, what do you mean? I went, like, the comments, stuff like that. He went, oh, turn them off. Mm. I went, well, don't read the comments. He went, why would I read the comments? And I'm like, yeah. And he said, <laughs> he said, well, it's just people slating me. And, yeah. you know, I said, yeah. And I thought, Eddie, why are you reading the comments? And it's like, it's twofold because those individuals are the fan base. Mm. So I can't just mug them off and say, fuck you. You know, you helped me get here and now now I'm here. I'm not interested in what you've got to say. But Twitter particularly has become a place Toxic. that is a oh, horrible, horrible place. Mm -hmm. Instagram, I find a little bit better. Yeah. Still like, and, and, I try, and I, I've turned my notifications off on Twitter. I just read the comments of people who, who, who I follow, right? right? 
still every now and again mainly to see people's reactions about an event yeah i'll turn it on and i'll study for it and i'll say okay okay and it, but you're like shit can't well right, you, that's sorry, because you natural know. no you can say what the oh, fuck good, you want yeah fucking hell say what you want yeah you're, you're but, but it's like it's and, and you look at these people and you go what are you doing mm. with your life like these people that sit on social media and then sometimes every now and again maybe every few months someone who's given me untold stick I might just go on their account right, and just look at their tweets and I'm like and it's to everyone oh my yeah but yeah. I'm thinking what are you doing with, because if you're spreading that negativity yeah how can you have any positivity well, in your don't. life well, you, you find generally positive people though they're not tweeting everyone saying have a really of good course. day because they're getting on with day. it like no, they're happy. positive or successful yeah let's be honest you fucking worry no, about what no I'm positive doing. person no successful right. person is tweeting negative stuff they yeah. can be opinionated i don't mind you tweeting me going constructive I'll, I'll be honest with you that show you're doing in manchester i don't think the undercard's that great uh-huh. no problem hashtag constructive yeah yeah, 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 yeah but not like that, yeah. oh you do do you know yeah. and it's like it's madness but it's the world we live in quite a worrying world like especially you know i've got two kids I'm not worried about what people say about me i'm worried mm. about their future because they're all like you know they're on tiktok mm. you know they're doing this they're doing that and I see comments coming down from their classmates. It might be something that someone said could be taken the wrong way, like, oh, that video was, I don't know, mm. sick or bad. And like, Dad, what does that mean? Like, someone said this. And I know that it's in their head. Like, when we were kids, you don't give a fuck about what. You just went out there, you played football, yeah. you know, you went to school, you played with your mates. People's opinions of you means more than it. Like, now, and that's, meant. yeah, and that's really worrying. In we're my not opinion. built for that. I don't think, as like human beings. No, I agree. We're, we're actually. Uh, you know it wasn't that long ago we were living off the land and you know mm. you had to mail someone your opinion yeah. and it was actually a challenge and even oh, then nice it's, it's, you had to write a letter yeah, you had to really take your nice time place. what a nice place exactly. but even then yeah. if now you write a letter to someone you're a cunt yeah. you know? know but even then if you it's a, but that is to some extent uh, the world that we live in now we can't really you can't now we've got it out of the box you can't almost put but it yeah, back but in I just feel like the oh, there's, human, no, there's no turning back we haven't there hasn't been enough time to get used mm. to this. Well, that's the funny thing, is it? Because we've been sold on all of it, and it's like, oh, Twitter is good, Facebook is good. Mm. Everyone just goes, well, it must be good then. And yeah. then they just, they go with it. Let's be honest, Twitter is not good. <laughs> but, I agree. And, and what, how can you say it's good? For information? Mm-hmm. Yeah, possibly. But, like, it's a toxic world. Like, Instagram, yeah. really, it's like posted... And again, like, you know, you, 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 as a parent... It's quite difficult because, like you say, there's no, it's, it's, it is what it is. There's no mm. turning back. Yeah. So you can't take your kid away from that world and say, right, no phone for you, no social media, yeah. you know, nothing. Because then they're going to be completely... Isolated. Uh, yeah. yeah, but also unlinked with the real world. Yeah. But also at the same time, I don't want my daughter, you know, like she puts up a photo and someone's fucking saying, yeah. "Oh, that is what." Yeah, yeah, but not even that. Like, and kids these days are quite cruel. You know what I mean? Like they'll say, but like you say, it's all about being accepted nowadays, which is really fucking sad, because it is like, oh, oh, po- should I post that picture? Yeah, should I post that? Oh, I don't. I'm like panicking oh, about what you're putting out. Yeah, but there. it's just it's bullshit. Yeah. Like, and it's and I, but again, there is no turning back. So we're all to blame because now I'm grow. I'm want to grow our business on social media. I'm not saying I hate social media. I'm not going on social media. We have to do it. It's what we do. Part of our business, part of our strategy. So, and everybody's doing it. So there is no turning back. It's about educating them about 
don't worry about other people's opinions but it's very difficult when you're a young man or young woman and that's when we talk about like mental health i mean how many suicides and stuff like that have been related to social media i think these days i would imagine the numbers would be terrifying in terms of percentages of suicide related specifically Mm. to social Mm. media Mm. i think it'd be horrendous if it wasn't for the fact that i need people to view my videos and download podcasts i wouldn't even do twitter i delete it tomorrow Mm. i only do it just for the business yeah of course but 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 do you you know do you like everybody knowing who you are i mean when you start off it's like it's quite like refreshing yeah there's a novelty and it's like do you want do you (laughs) yeah because you get to a stage where i mean a lot of people know you for who you are but also your voice and stuff like that Mm. but you get to a stage where how long do you want to do it you know like what is your end strategy in life because you're you've still got a few years to go i'm 40 i'm looking at it going all right i'm only 40 i can't fucking retire now right Mm. but how long do you want to do this Mm. you know what i mean Mm. like how long before you just go and for me i have to be honest i'm motivated by the business Mm. and winning but I'm also motivated to develop my life to a point where I can go, yeah. bye. Do you know what I mean? I, Thank, ha- I personally like have a real passion for what I do. So do I, but that's why I do it. But mm. there has to be, like, do you say to yourself, I want to do this forever? Do you know what I mean? Like, if you do, respect you. And like, my dad's 72. Mm. He's working harder than he's ever worked. He's just, he's, <laughs> he's a nutter. Yeah. But I look at it and I say, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to have to answer to people. I don't want to have people fucking slating this, calling me that forever. I understand it comes with a job mm-hmm. and I can accept it. I can handle it. But, you know, there will come a stage. And boxing's the worst business in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, I talked about a young man lost his life last week on, on a, sh- a show. Yeah. I was there. I saw Can we talk about that? Yeah, of course. Because uh, Patrick Day, RIP, God bless him. Uh, you know, he had sixteen wins, mm. and and he was a very accomplished fighter. And he'd never he'd been stopped by TKO. He'd never mm. been knocked out like mm. that. And you watch it, and you just think, oh, I've seen so many of those mm. where the guy gets up seconds later and yeah. he's fine. What is it like for you, the organizer of events like that, to have to go through watching that? Well, I mean, I say luckily, nothing's lucky about it. But it was a fight that was put on by another promoter who represented both guys. Okay. Um, and it was on my show. Mm. So it's not, you know, I met Patrick Day last Thursday for mm. the first time. Spoke to him for 30 seconds. Mm. Lovely guy. And I was, I was telling the story yesterday. I cracked up actually. I was like fucking broke down on the IFL because it just sort of hits you. And it's not, it's not that of how long you knew someone. It's the effect you know it's had on the people around them. Mm. That's what chokes me up. Do you know what I mean? Like, I know that his family all flew into Chicago. You know, I'm reading obituaries from other fighters talking about this young man. And he, you know, he really touched them, you know, like quite in a deep way, like yeah. a p- of positivity. And that's like welling me up. So at the press conference last Thursday, his manager came over to me and said, hey, you make sure you watch my guy, Patrick, on Saturday night. Mm. And I said, no, I'll be watching. Went over, he said, hello, Mr. Hearn. You know, beautiful smile like a good looking kid and I went listen it's all there for you mate I said you got the platform go and enjoy yourself you know I will I'm going to take this you know I can't wait like he was so excited Mm. he was living his dream and Patrick Day comes from not say a wealthy family but I believe his mother works for the UN his father's a doctor he chose this life he he completely chose this life he didn't grow up on the streets and go boxing can help change my life mm. he fell in love with boxing he was a really good amateur he won the golden gloves um, he just loved the sport he loved the thrill of fighting 
and his his, his mum didn't want him to do it. You know, she said, "Look, Patrick, you don't, you know, you don't, you don't need this life." Mm-hmm. But he said, "No, I do because you got to do what you love." There's an interview going around where he's basically saying, "You have to do what you love." Yeah. You know, it's a short life. Live it. Do what you love. Do what makes you happy. And that's what he was saying. He's boxing. Mm. So he goes up. Uh, it was a ten round fight, and he. He got knocked down twice in the fight. Flash knockdowns, nothing mm-hmm. major. Wasn't an overly brutal fight. Mm-hmm. And, and generally, when you get an injury like that, it's a real, it's a war of it's a, a fight. War, you know? yeah. a, 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 a clean knockout doesn't scare me as much as a guy after the fight collapsing yeah. or fainting. That's when you, there could be a serious problem. So one minute left in the fight, in the 10th round. You know, he goes back, got hit by a left hook. He, he was unconscious in the air and then hit his head on the canvas, mm. like, which is nev- you know, never good. Respect to the Illinois Commission, in the ring, you know, within Fast. 20 seconds, oxygen on him, mm-hmm. which is something I'm always trying to promote because you have to get oxygen to the mm. brain as soon as possible. Um, literally, on a stretcher, within 30 seconds, slid out of the ring on a you know, rolling stretcher, Straight, literally, as we went around the corner, and you know, I followed him on the stretcher all the way around. The ambulance was there. You know, it was like I thought, wow, straight in the ambulance, door shut, off, and I was like, wow, military. Like, yeah, like. yeah. I mean, it was br- it was really good, and I just hoped that he was unconscious because it had only been two minutes from getting knocked out to the fact that he was in the ambulance, and you can be unconscious for you know in, in a fight for yeah. for that period of time. Everyone's on the phone, you know. His trainer and manager went with him. And just, we were keeping updated. Got to the hospital, still unconscious. And I could notice that, you know, that people were talking about him having a seizure, like on the way to the ambulance and all this kind of stuff. The footage was quite uh, disturbing because his and, eyes and, were rolling. Yeah, and, it, and, it, and particularly when, you know, more so when he was on his way to the ambulance when he was going around. And uh, they got to the hospital and they said, he hasn't regained consciousness yet and that that was like you know it's got to be another 15 20 minutes and that's not good went in um had a scan they said they had a bleed on the brain they operated Mm. and then that 24-hour window is is a really important window and unfortunately after 24-hour period he he hadn't shown signs that his brain was was working was active and um his family flew in and then they gave him a bit more time and then eventually his life support machine yeah. got turned off and you know it's like the boxing as, as fragmented as the boxing world is politics hate you know like not not amongst fighters but you know the world everyone comes together and mourns mm-hmm. because we love the sport like you know I may call him that and he may call me that and but like it's a very tight knit community that everybody loves like the sport of boxing so we've had four deaths in four months and the worrying thing is is that it's becoming safer I know people like that might not sound right but like in terms of the precautions the scans you know all this kind of stuff it is we're making it safer we're all trying to do our bit but it, the fact remains it is a brutal mm-hmm. horrible this isn't football dangerous sport and I you can't I said yesterday in an interview you can't really justify it I had this conversation with my dad like two days ago because you start questioning like things like this happen and you're like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like I saw that, I was there, I knew him for 30 seconds and the conversation I had with him, I haven't stopped thinking about Mm. since since I met him, 
right? Because so, there's excitement. Yeah, but yeah. do we, you know, do I want to be in this sport? Like it's a hor- you know, it's a, it's a, it's an amazing sport. And there's the saying that boxing saves many more lives than it takes. And what they mean by that is, like ninety percent of the kids that are fighting would be in trouble or would have nothing or I, I thank God dead. for boxing you, yeah it is you know like, I, mean? I don't want to get burgled no, no. You know, yeah, yeah. but it's so like it's such an amazing sport but you still when this happens it's so difficult to justify because you know you can turn around and say well more people die in Formula 1 in rugby in mountain climbing yeah. so yeah but the aim of boxing is to effectively cause unconsciousness yeah, to, to knock out your opponent you know, it's the, prehistoric the, the yeah. guy it would go it. so far underground if you banned boxing I mean yeah. you imagine like, even oh, now man. there's white collars every Dude, weekend we go back to gladiator days no but you would back to fight fight club, club, basically, because these it, fighters man? they're not gonna like, you have to understand these fighters they know what they're signing up for and as brutal as that sounds like no fighter or very few fighters this week have looked at the Patrick Day death and mm. gone I'm not sure I should be doing this do you know what I mean? Mm. You, know the, you, like, you know the guy who actually landed the punch on him? Yeah. Well, that, he, like, that's how, uh, it must be horrible oh, to be him. It, it is, because... Because he, he wasn't trying to end this guy's life. No, he wasn't. Life. And he's written a letter that he's just like, chokes oh, you up, which really? is basically saying, I never meant for this to happen. You know, yeah. we just, we're supposed to get in there, fight, shake hands, and go oh, home oh. to our families. And you didn't. So it, it's, it's, it's horrible. And it's, again... For, the, for people who don't know boxing or understand boxing, I couldn't agree even more when they say, this is just ridiculous. Like, how can you have this sport? But in terms of what it teaches people, you know, speak to, speak to Anthony Joshua, you know, about what it did for his life. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got 50 fighters that could sit here and tell you a story and say, I was in prison, I was dealing drugs, I found a boxing gym, mm-hmm. and it saved my life, right? A question regarding KSI Logan mm-hmm. Paul on the back of that you had a guy who was a professional, had a, a 16 wins on mm. his, under his belt and got in there and still ended up, obviously, um, in the worst way. Uh, is there a, an element of you that is like, fucking hell, I'm putting these two... Like, if anything was yeah, to happen, yeah, God sure. forbid, well, touch wood, to these two, mm. it'll be you who gets the blame. It will be. And in that situation, you don't palm it off to the commission, mm. but you, this fight's happening. Right, mm-hmm. with me or without me, Absolutely. this rematch was going to happen. Right, yeah. and the first fight happened, not say illegally, but with no, with no regulation, mm-hmm. with no commission. So what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to make it safer. Mm. Yeah, of course I'm looking at it commercially, thinking this is you know this is an interesting yeah. project. But we we're respecting the code to say everybody's getting medicals, right? Brain scans, tests. These aren't guys who are unfit, unhealthy, like not fit to fight. They're as fit to fight as many fighters we have on the undercard. And when people talk about the quality, trust me when I say I've had a lot worse fighters than these two Mm. on the card, especially with our younger prospects coming through. You know, when you start them out, sometimes I'm looking at these guys going, (laughs) he's had eight fights. He's won seven, lost one. He don't look like he's ever put on a pair of gloves before. (laughs) You know what I mean? So so I'm looking at it thinking, no, no, these, but but I, I must say, obviously, people... Who, when we when we when we gave I say when we gave the rules of this fight, it's just professional boxing, mm-hmm. yeah. no head guards, no. People were saying that's dangerous. It is dangerous. Boxing's dangerous. You know, th- these guys aren't any different risk 
as another fighter mm-hmm, mm-hmm. possibly less risk because uh, yeah. they're I'm not, not suggesting the same so, way yeah, yeah, you understand yeah. why I have to ask that question yeah, because of course. I mean it was put it was a lot on Twitter uh, and yeah just obviously if anything was to happen to those two specifically it would be a completely different yeah, it would. it, w- it yeah. would it would be terrible but that's the risk you run in every fight I mean mm-hmm. we we have a show every week and that's the first time in 10 years I've even had an injury Really, oh, really, on one of my shows. Wow. And, you know, again, I've never had an injury to one of my fighters that I promote or, mm-hmm. or represent. And, you know, but Lou DiBella, who promotes both guys in that fight, I mean, I know how he's fit. Like, if that was, I don't know, Tony Bellew, I would, I think I would have to stop because mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a video where Bellew gets knocked out by Usyk and he's, he falls back on the rope, on the bottom rope, and I go up to him and I'm like cradling his yeah. it wasn't like I wasn't even thinking I was like fuck it was like my mate mm-hmm. do you know what I mean mm-hmm. and I'm like and then I'm like oh shit <laughs> what are you mm-hmm. doing mm-hmm. but that's like to, to see someone like that and then you know the family and it's like you almost feel responsible mm-hmm. for all the opportunities you're giving these people you know you are I guess you're encouraging them you know because you know you're, you're working together to try and achieve for them the biggest paydays and to create a legacy of the sport and winning world championships. Now, that's your job. My job is to give my clients the best opportunities and the most amount of money and the best chance of achieving a legacy in a sport as I can. That's my job. I can't make it safer for them mm-hmm. outside of the scans and the drug testing and all that kind of stuff because once that bell goes, they're on their own. They're on their own. And that's the brutality of the sport. And that's the... But that's also the drama of the sport yeah. and the fascination with the sport. It's a bit like KSI and Logan. Everyone's going to be in that ring, right? All the teams, all this. Michael Buffer, probably you, right? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, the referee goes, right, everybody out. Mm. And everyone goes, good luck, mate. Good luck, good luck, mate. Right, through the ropes. Good luck, mate. Through the ropes. And there's that moment where you look around mm. and you're in a ring with another man about to go to war. Mm-hmm. That's the beauty of the sport of boxing. The gladiatorial focus in the arena of two men mm-hmm. about to fight. It's barbaric, it's prehistoric, but it's never going to leave us. And there is so much good that boxing does, but unfortunately we can't be removed from the fight that it is the fact that it's very dangerous. We have to just make sure. What One of the key things, again, not, not to like, going to it too deep but one of the key things is scans for fighters you could have a scan that would last a year with a commission right so if you went for a scan today like JJ and and, uh, KSI right they've had their scans everything's perfect you know no you know Mm -hmm. dangers if one of them gets knocked out the commission would say okay you've got a three month ban or a two-month ban. But then the scan that you had before that fight would be good for you to fight in another commission. It's crazy, yeah. So one of the things we want to change is saying, if you get knocked out in a fight, or even if you're in even a remote, or maybe after every fight you have to get scanned. Yeah. But then it comes Because what down. we don't, what, what also what isn't taken into account is some of the sparring these of guys course, are doing for camp yeah. is I mean, heavy. you don't know with Patrick that, like, no one knows the background other than his team. Exactly. Did he struggle at the weight? Yeah. You know, was he having hard spars? He lost his last fight, which was a very tough fight, mm. you know. Was there damage done in that fight? Was he just unlucky? Well, like, you just don't know. But yeah. you know that this sport, like 
you're getting punched in the head yeah. in sparring you know in the fight it's not normal so we, we, we but then you get down to like then it becomes like a cost thing mm-hmm. and it's not an issue for us but other promoters smaller promoters fighters mm-hmm. where if you want to get scanned it's four or five hundred quid mm-hmm. right well I'm only getting fifteen hundred quid for my fight you know or is the promoter paying the smaller promoter says oh, I'm fucking paying for scanning ten fighters ten fights twenty fighters right that's four hundred quid me that's eight grand mm-hmm. I can't afford that kind of money then you've got drug testing. Drug testing costs £25,000 a fight, mm-hmm. right, for random testing in camp. So it's, there, there's loads of ways we've got to try and improve it. But Just get into that. Yeah. In, in terms of um, the fans, there's one thing you talk about with fight fans generally and how they are. In my experience, because obviously on YouTube, I cover football, fighting, like YouTube stuff. I cover all sorts. Fight fans are by a mile the most bitchy, oh, nice. feminine yeah. group of, mm. of catty, angry, yeah. like, they're going to fucking hate me. Go ahead and hate me. Because, honestly, I love fighting, hate fight fans. To be, generally, yeah. it, it, the way they go on about their favorite... If you say anything about their favorite fighter, you are fucked. It's like, dude, it's so we can opinion. rate people yeah. differently. Uh-huh. It's, it's not... In, in football, the banter is handled so mm. much better because, you know, you, you get used to seeing your t- team lose a lot, win a lot, whatever. Yeah. But because fighters very rarely lose, there's this attachment, there's this belief that this fighter is superhuman. You can't say anything about my favourite fighter. It's ridiculous. They're so opinionated. Oh, yeah. It's good and bad. Uh, you know, good in that the passion passion for yeah. this, this person. And bad because, like, I look at, you know, we run all the darts, right, the mm. BDC. And I look at the darts social media <laughs> and I think, fuck, <laughs> it's like all it is is, great show, yeah. what a laugh. Oh, he's won. He's great. What a piss up. We love you, PPC. Yeah. And then I look on the boxing side and it's like, cunt. Testosterone yeah, know, just it injected is. It is. It. Yeah. And most of them are like, they've never had a fight in their life. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah. it's like, you can't, you know, as a promoter, without that passion, we wouldn't get that same energy in the arena. I mm. was shocked by the passion of the crowd at the press conference. Yeah. Because although yeah. they're like, yeah. they're a bit sort of... Um, not what a word they're a little bit edgy but they're like a little bit sort of rebellious aren't yeah. they that crowd they're like yeah we're here fuck you fuck <laughs> you right but it wasn't like yeah it was I mean yeah. these people were you could see on their faces they were like they were into it seriously yeah. intimidating yeah, yeah they it wanted was. to be that way. I mean it was you know I yeah. think especially when they're throwing tubs of Vaseline and <laughs> condoms at the stage and stuff like this I was like but, but it's not you know, you wouldn't be into, as a group. Yeah, that's the one thing that's actually surprised me. It's good for the show because you know they won't miss it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I know all these people. Everyone that was there is a hundred percent watching this fight. Like the the difference is with the UK this time, it'll be four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. You know, Whatever. so you're either waking up to watch it or you're watching it in the morning when you wake up. I feel like there'll be enough excitement for you to make a night out of it and mm-hmm. say, yeah, we'll sit up and watch this fight. We'll probably have a YouTube fight on yeah. a little bit earlier at 1am or something like that. And yeah. then you've got you and I think uh, um, Logan, uh, Jake's going to do some stuff around the arena, fucking cool. around, you know. So it's going to be, we're going to engage the audience. Mm-hmm. But I was quite, I, I was, I was, so I was shocked, but I was also pleased with how passionate they were actually I think you've got a good chance of translating some of those two boxing fans yeah I think and this is the one thing that hasn't I mean you caught onto that but a lot of these people 
I think there's a territorial thing from boxing fans of this is ours. This isn't 100%. for you. This isn't for you. This Mate, is mine. And that is and so frustrating. It's like, dude, like the more money in boxing, the, course, the more the they fighters don't, honestly, win. They don't want the money in the boxing. Yeah. They don't want you, not you, but they don't want anyone new in the boxing. Mm. Like I have built a business out of growing the audience to the casual fan. Okay, so when we do, oh, they hate that word. Oh, they well. hate. I get called that. Oh, no, I'm casual. like, you're a casual. 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 I was great insult. Though. I was yeah, watching Prince Nassim Hamed when yeah. I barely fucking white metal and us, and you're calling me a casual. <laughs> oh, I'm, no, no. I'm, I'm not an expert, oh, no, yeah. but I fucking love boxing. Oh, no. So, like, when you create a huge event, it's ninety percent casuals, yeah. right? Yeah. So when Joshua box is Klitschko. Like, and you've got 90,000 there and it you does 1.4 million it. buyers in the UK yeah. like it can't, there aren't enough boxing fans did you? like when we had Lomachenko fight Campbell recently we sold out the arena pay-per-view buyers I know, might have done like 250 to, but like that's tiny mm-hmm. because no one knows who Lomachenko is outside of the hardcore fans boxing right fans, yeah. and actually if people start liking Lomachenko outside of the boxing fans the boxing fans probably won't fucking like him no, anymore. No, you know what I mean? Because yeah. they started rebelling against AJ because, oh, well, fucking, like, my mate likes AJ. He's never watched a boxing match in his life. But if, if, news, if, no, if someone but, becomes cool to the mainstream, oh, yeah, he's yeah. uncool. Yeah, then. it is. Yeah. So uh, even, uh, I asked KSI, who were your inspirations of boxing? And he was like, oh, I saw Lomachenko. Yeah. And they clipped it up and had someone laughing. It's like, no, no. Just because he isn't on the level of Lomachenko doesn't mean he's not allowed to be a fan of Lomachenko. Someone put out that he said that the actual question you asked was, "What does your who does your style remind you of?" And he went Lomachenko. Well, fair enough. But but you didn't. You said who who do you watch? Who inspires you? Yeah, right. I mean, any but any fighter would say Lomachenko. But it's just that this is a crazy world where, like you say, they don't want anyone in. That's so like the weird hypermasculinity, though, isn't it? Where they want the, they want it to be their thing. They want to be able to control it. They they I guess they also worry it's going to become a bit like the Premier League, where it becomes sanitized. Mm. It becomes where well, they can't be that way anymore. Almost like they feel like it's going away from what they want. Just, I just think be. sometimes it's, it's small-minded mentality. It's yeah. like the negative mentality of is we'd rather see it fail and be ours than grow <laughs> yeah. and for it not to be ours. There's something quite British about that. What the fuck are you talking about? Like. Don't you want the sport to be as big as possible? No. Yeah. We want it to. We don't want these new fans. What are they like? And that, that's where this event has like say oh, come in and said that, yeah. It? But it's like <laughs> oh my god, we don't want these YouTubers yeah. following boxing. It's like why? Well, what do they know about boxing? Well, eventually, hopefully, quite a lot. That's how you educate an audience. Sorry, were you yeah. born an expert? <laughs> exactly. Were you? Sorry, yeah. who, who have you trained? <laughs> yeah, right, I, I forgot you were Mickey and the Rocky. Yeah, that is what happens, though. People convince themselves that they are the only one who knows about it. They're the only person who mm. should be able to say what they want about but it. Do you know? There's, there's personally, isn't there nothing better in life than knowing something and then passing it on to mm. someone else? Mm. I, I don't know. Like, I enjoy that. If, if someone wanted to know about YouTube, I could talk all day and go, yeah. and I, for example, sit with you and go, this is how this works. Yeah. Mm. I'd enjoy I that. I think we could actually just, really teach you a yeah, lot. No, I think, I think you're really good. Yeah. Just, just for anyone listening to this, can you subscribe to Matrim Boxing? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. We're up to 90,000 <laughs> now. I know That's it's very like, cute, Eddie. Yeah, That's really cute. Like, yeah. But we came in so late. Like, yeah. I'm talking six months ago, yeah. right? And everyone said, you've got to have a YouTube chat. And eventually, we were like, and I've got to say, content is brilliant but that's where like you guys are the experts at you'd look at it and go no no guys what the fuck are you doing you know, this this, oh, we this, could this. it's actually tips, the guy so. behind the camera oh, there, there. Yeah, really yeah, fucking yeah, good they got a really good clip of me throwing my uh, shades, shades yeah, into yeah, the yeah, audience yeah, yeah. I like that but um, no, can we can we talk a bit about AJ mm. and the uh, 
because there was a feeling about you as a promoter and mm. I feel like it's changed and it was based on the fact that you were to blame in many mm. people's mm. eyes for the Deontay Wilder AJ fight not happening mm. and me included I was a little bit like because Wilder really sold me on being just an, a savage. He was yeah. like, I want no more ducking, no more dodging. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I'm one face, wow, one like, chair, yeah. one more. The way he knocks people out was so convincing. I was like, why would he avoid anyone? Whereas AJ was making so much money. I understood logically mm. there wasn't a need for him to go and box this guy. However, where it lost me, where Deontay Wilder lost me, was when before, almost the night before, the fight with Ruiz AJ, mm. he announces another rematch yeah. with um, Ortiz. Ortiz. And I'm like, why are you doing like Because mm. logically, everyone was thinking, you beat Ruiz, mm -hmm. you make the Wilder fight, it's on then. And you were like, yeah, we're going to go for it, we're going to do mm. it, there's no more excuses, Like yeah. we're going to make this fight. And, and for him to do that, and then the irony is, it's fucking October and he still hasn't fought yeah, Ortiz. I know, I know. Well, he's and, just announced And AJ yeah. is about to fight Ruiz yeah. again yeah. In, in the space of time it's yeah. going to take for that think, fight to materialise. I mean, that was a really frustrating period for mm. me because Wilder done a really good job. Like, and I see it from the inside. So mm. you have to imagine the fighters really will fight anyone. Like, there is no doubt that Deontay Wilder would fight AJ, mm. right? And there is no doubt that AJ would fight Deontay Wilder. But... Some people involved in his team didn't really want the fight because they felt like he could become bigger. And they, they, he has. Like, this has been going on for two years. Like, he was nothing, Wilder. He was selling 2006. Mm. You could walk down, no one Fury knew he kind was. of made him, in a way. Yeah, and, and, and also the Ortiz fight was exciting. And he's very exciting to watch because he's a little bit vulnerable, like AJ. A little bit vulnerable, can punch, he's fast, yeah. looks the part, etc. So... I was getting so much stick around that time. But a lot of what they were doing was trying to fuck with me and fuck with AJ. I'm talking about Wilder's organisations, those broadcasters. Well, they were talking it like they wanted it and you yeah, were Yeah, exactly. It. And I'm like... Jesus. And it's very so, hard as an outsider, as a fan, yeah. to, to work it. out. Yeah. But, but, but the but minute they made the, the Ortiz fight, actions spoke louder than anywhere. Yeah, well, so I thought, you don't want this fight but, now. But this is the, amazing what happened is we were trying to make that fight for probably a year, mm. right? I was trying to get meetings. They weren't returning my calls. They wouldn't arrange to meet. And all of a sudden, AJ done an interview and he went, listen, give me 50 million, you know, and I'll go over there and fight him. The next day, Deontay Wilder sends me, copying in Anthony, an email from his fucking Hotmail account, mm. right? Going, so hi, similar. I saw your interview. I am willing to offer you $50 million for this fight. Please let us know if you will accept Best. Deontay. Yeah. That's what it was, right? Wow. So I'm like, the next day, Wilder's come out and gone, right, I've made him an offer, 50 million. He said, give him 50 million, he'll take it. You've got it. And everyone's like, whoa. And they're all emailing me, go, have you signed it yet? I'm like, what? So I go back Save to the him. Email. So I, yeah, yeah. So I go back to him and I go, look, we're interested, but like, you're not telling me you've emailed where me from is, a hotmail yeah, account when it is no but I go back to his people and say I've received this like where's the money because no disrespect to Deontay he doesn't have 50 million dollars yeah, like, who's putting that up yeah. where is it when is it what broadcast it on don't forget AJ's got like half a dozen broadcasting contracts where he just can't box with other <laughs> broadcasters in that territory so can you just provide that and they never come back to me mm. right so but then it was like we haven't heard. Do you know, sat there going, "Offer still up?" Yeah, exactly. My hotmail is there. It was really clever. Like they they came back to me and went, "We just want to know 
yes or no i said send me a contract no you've got to accept it first i said well publicly accept the offer i said no because right. if the contract's bullshit and then he, it don't happen we look ridiculous yeah. so but it was clever because the momentum was like well he's offered you 50 mil and you turned it down so anyway we went backwards and forwards backwards and forwards they didn't really want the fight at the time anyway but for me the disappointment with a Ruiz fight is that moment was when he should have fought Wilder right that was where the undisputed fight was there there was no excuses for everybody to take place but what he did was he did a good job for AJ mentally because he knocked out Brazil a couple of weeks before the, the, the Ruiz fight AJ was like right I'm going to America I'm going to I need to fucking like devastating KO all week all the questions from the US media is, obviously, you're going to smash Ruiz. When are you going to fight Wilder? And he's like, well, you know, I've got Ruiz first. Yeah, but fucking that, that fat guy, like, you're going you're gonna to knock him out. Then Wilder announced that. It was actually, I think, on the Wednesday or Thursday of fight mm. week. And, and uh, it, 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 you know, he just, he wants to fight Wilder. He didn't want to fight Andy Ruiz. Mm. That's the truth of it. He's like, I wanted to fight Jarrell Miller because he slagged off my mum and I want to <laughs> knock him out. But now I've got this Andy Ruiz who's just like... And lovely Mexican guy. Yeah, yeah. When you're not prepared for war and war unfolds, things can come tumbling down. Mm. And he trained hard. He wanted to win more than ever, but he hurt him with a left hook. Ruiz got up and he thought to himself, here we go. This is like grandstand finish. Boom, boom, boom. One on the side of the head. Mm. Next thing, he's concussed. It's all over. Like, that's how it can turn. Mm -hmm. Now, we go December 7th for the rematch. The only fight that AJ wants is Andy Ruiz. So yeah. the mindset's different. Doesn't mean he's going to win. It's a really exciting fucking, fight. Uh, and it's one, in Saudi I mean, Arabia. Which is, yeah, but yeah. well, that's that's a situation where we had a rematch clause. Ruiz didn't want to come to the UK. We could have enforced it. it would have been highly messy. AJ was like, should we go back to America for this fight? Like, I've already boxed in America, lost. Like, I know it's brave, but, you know, more his team. Because he would just go, look, a ring's a ring, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then... Everyone's been trying to land a deal in the Middle East for years and years. We've had a dozen approaches, you know, Prince, so-and-so, all right, send me the money in the escrow. You know, yes, it's sent. No, it's not. Fucking hell, another one. And then we had an approach. I'll put the hot meal account in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. We had an approach and I said, you've got a week to do the fight because we're going to go to Cardiff. So no problem. Money goes in. Wow. Wow. It's yeah. on massive moment for boxing loads of stick we've had loads of stick yeah. loads but, of zeros as well yeah. but yeah. you know if these people start investing in boxing they're oh, yeah. telling me we want every mega fight in Saudi Arabia mm. like the fighters are going to go and someone said you know we, we had uh, obviously a new wave of, of media turn up to these press conferences because it's all Amnesty International well the Guardian you know, turned oh, up for the yeah, first time yeah, to a boxing fight exactly that must and, yeah. and this one guy can't remember his name turns out what have you got to say about taking this fight to Saudi Arabia? I said, well, my job is to provide the best opportunities for my fighters. It was a neutral territory and, you know, a lot of money. So we're going. <laughs> right? and, and he's like, he's like, yes, but what about the humour? I said, it's a fight, mate. It's a prize fight. And I, do you think you have the right to tell a fighter where they can and can't go to fight yeah. for money? You know, regulated. Obviously, Every, you know this, the same kind of standard set by any other commission and, and health wise is, is it the same is yeah, it, are they completely. all the same standards no, so if you're fighting in the states it's exactly, exactly the same the as same. if you're fighting in Saudi Arabia yeah, every I mean every commission has slightly different rules and stuff like this but this is in terms of the the health side the medical side the testing like, all that sort of stuff. when you go there to these places 
the these, crowd wise are you worried yeah, about that uh, no they've, they've already done about 5,000 Brits mm. it's going to be a lot of Brits coming from Dubai it's going to be different they've it's been not, doing WE lately yeah they're doing they? Tyson women, Fury's got one out there in a week <laughs> yeah. hasn't he so he's, he's going to Saudi can yeah. women go and watch boxing they can right. they can again like there's a lot of listen They've got their problems. They're trying to change as a country, but still, they've got their problems, right? <laughs> but people, like, people read stuff, yeah. and like, they're emailing me going, Eddie, I want to go, but you know, I've heard that you, know, you literally can't leave your room, and right. women just can't even set foot in the country. It's like, no, that's absolute bollocks. You know, mm. This is their chance to showcase the world. I saw footage of a David Guetta concert from Saudi, 70,000 people, going nuts and I'm like people shouldn't be subjected no, to David no, Guetta oh, no. that's horrible <laughs> that's, but I'm that's going, terrible there's yeah. no torture way that, yeah. I can't believe it <laughs> there's no way that's in Saudi Arabia yeah. I'm looking at the and it's like you know it's, yeah. can, can we talk about the actual fight yeah, AJ because obviously you you were there mm. um, coming into the rematch like one of the things that shook me uh, in the post fight I mean credit AJ he handled it with class but he also he didn't look bitterly disappointed. Mm. Like when McGregor got beat off Diaz the first time, he, you could see it in his face. Mm. He was fucking really gutted. Mm. AJ was like, uh, like he seemed quite accepting of it. And I was like, that was one of the main reasons I just felt, mm, he's mm. not himself here. Mm. Like this isn't, this isn't the AJ who, when he got dropped by a Klitschko, mm. was like, I'm going to fuck you up. Boy. Yeah, I, th- I, think, I think when we talk about ready for war, like mm. when he went into that Klitschko fight, he knew he was going to have to walk through fire to win that fight. So when it happened, he walked straight through the fire, right? I think that if you behave in a certain way, which is to carry yourself as a great ambassador and a great person, Mm -hmm. what you can't do is when things go wrong, sulk. And I I know you're not talking about sulking, but like he, he... felt like he had a responsibility mm-hmm. to respect Andy Ruiz, the champion. And that responsibility was, well done, I respect you, you know, guys. Trust me, when he went back to the dressing room and for two or three weeks after that fight, he was down. He was low. I went to, he, had, he was staying in New York. He stayed out there for an extra week. He didn't leave the house mm-hmm. for four or five days after that fight. Not because he was injured, because he just didn't, he didn't want to, it was almost like didn't want to show his face, you know. But he felt an obligation to conduct himself in a certain way, which has been a little bit misconstrued because I can see it as well. People say, well, he went over, he put his hand around him, he got, you know, he sort of shook his hand, he was smiling. He said, mm. because oh, you beat me. You're the better man. Congratulations. Mm. But every, ever since, you know, that decision, I know what he's been thinking in his head, which is, I'm going to get you, you fucking little fucker. <laughs> and that's brilliant. That's what we need. Doesn't yeah. mean he's going to win, but there's very few people with competitors like, like Anthony Joshua. Mm. The worry was, oh, well, he's achieved all this. He's unified twice. He's got hundreds of millions. What does he need to fight for? He's one of those purse people where I don't worry about that. Carl Froch was another one, yeah. right, where they're just competitors. doesn't matter if it's a pound or 20 million. They want to win. Mm-hmm. And Marvin Hagler, I think the greatest quote of all time in boxing is, it's very difficult to go and do your heel runs when you're wearing silk pajamas, mm-hmm. right? So picture the scene. You come from an estate, right? You go down the gym. You're an odd little fucker with a chip on your shoulder. And they're telling you, this boxing, you're good at this boxing. You know what? You keep working. You do this. You know, there's millions of pounds out there. Big houses, mm-hmm. you know? You know the ones with the big electric gates that mm-hmm. you might have, you know, done your runs past in the morning? That could be yours. What happens when you get that, right? This is what happened to Naz. 
Nazim Hamid. Yeah. He made so much money, he lost the hunger. So when he's in his training camp in La Quinta, famously, and he's pointing up to the mountains where Barrera was training, going, can you believe he's up there in the mountains? Like, look at our place. Like, look at the jacuzzi, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I cannot believe that a fighter can maintain the same hunger when they have everything they dreamed they would achieve out of the sport. Not just the money, but the belts, the fame, and the money, and everything. You know? Robbie a- Williams calls it um, top of the mountain syndrome. Yeah. And it's like just the, the drive, it mm. just goes. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Naturally. But the special ones yeah. maintain the drive. And it's Christmas albums. Yeah. <laughs> as annoying as Floyd Mayweather is, he is, a, he is someone that has the drive. Yeah. Got millions and hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. Do you know why? Because he keeps fucking spending yeah, it's it true. all. Yeah. No, but that is probably true. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's the ones that keep the drive when they're, when they're at the top. Yeah. They're, the, they're the most successful people in life. You know, I look at my dad in that respect as right. well. Loads of money. Don't need to fucking work. No, he loves it. Every day I want to win. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not about how much money you can earn. It's, I just want to be the best. I want to put the best events on. Right, and that drive is, you can't beat that. It makes you unbeatable if you have ability. The fighters that have great ability and unbelievable work ethic and drive are almost unbeatable. Like, like that, that was Mayweather. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Canelo. You know, all these people, they're special individuals mm-hmm. where they've got everything, but they're still that hard little fucker that came into the sport at, 12 no, it's, it's like it, with Andy Reid always got at, something to prove then isn't yeah it? but I look at Andy Reid now I think made a few quid likes his food right? <laughs> Snickers May, yeah maybe maybe he might come into this fight yeah. without like he, the, the reason he won the fight is when he was hurt he decided to dig his heels in mm-hmm. and, think, and thought fuck it because that was the first time he'd been dropped as it well was. and That's you see his face forget. when he went down as if to say fuck you now come on got man. up nine and a half times out of ten every other fighter in the world would have backed up on the ropes tried to defend boom head's gone yeah. ref jumps in all over he went do you know what fuck it boom, boom, boom. that's why AJ called it a punch from the gods mm. everyone was like no he called it a lucky punch oh, it's yeah. boxing and of course the aim is to hit but he didn't know where it was going. Yeah. He was just like, fuck, warm. And he just, he, it was the perfect spot and he never recovered. But AJ's actually grown on me though since all of this. Yeah, has he? Like as a person, because I the thought, underdog, his, yeah. I, I never watch his interviews mm. because I think, I kind of felt like, I know what he's going to say before I even, he's so perfect. Yeah, he is. It's almost yeah. annoyingly, like he's so handsome. No, I agree, he, I agree. Because I was like, uh, I, I'll go with Conor McGregor. Even, but now I'm like, maybe not. <laughs> but like with AJ, he's been putting, I just put a video out about um, the struggle on mm. his on a YouTube channel, and he was just talking about like his inner t- uh, turmoil and the things he's been through, mm. and sharing that with his supporters. So I was like, like you're speaking real shit, mm. Man. Mm. but it. I did he's, feel like he became a bit. He what he he what he what he did become. Uh, manufactures a tough word, but like it's like, and it was a bit frustrating because mm. if you had him at the table now yeah. and we were doing this chat, I swear to God, you would leave the podcast and you would go, what a fuck like his smile his laugh mm. he's such a joker yeah. he's like all these things but if you were going to go gay he'd be the guy yeah That's I mean I, I've been to like <laughs> Nando's with him right <laughs> there are date? women coming over uh-huh. and queuing like there is not one woman I don't think in the world that doesn't think Anthony Joshua is God <laughs> no I completely agree weird. when we first yeah. signed him he yeah. would come to our office and he would train in the gardens mm-hmm. of the office right with his trainer the whole you turn around and the whole of the accounts department on the top floor would be peering out the window like yeah. a diet coke 60 year old 70 yeah. you know, like dripping wow you said that yeah, exactly. yeah. But, but yeah, um, yeah. And, and I just he's like 
and I feel like since that loss, he has changed in more of a fuck you mentality. I love you know what? Like, so you loved me. Now I'm getting stick. Well, fuck you. You either support me or what? You know what? So he did a fury. He's interview. kind of gone through what David Beckham went through. Yeah, years ago. But you see the Beckham Lennox Lewis perfect thing when he when he had the interview with Sky, and yeah. they went because Lennox Lewis has been like snapping at what him is that years for years. I don't know I, he, he works for the PBC I don't know or he's bit, he tried to you, sign you knew agent. Lennox years ago was he, has he always had this yeah but I I, I um, he tried to sign AJ as his manager when he turned pro and he's like he's always sort of nibbled at him so AJ done a Sky interview this was probably two months after the Ruiz fight and they went yo Lennox Lewis said and he went fuck Lennox and I'm like and he went he's a clown uh-huh. yeah and I'm like whoa and this like kicked off went everywhere mm. And he said, I don't, he said, I don't respect Lennox. And everyone's like, oh, how can you not respect Lennox? He won four world titles. I was like, no, fuck the boxing. He was an amazing heavyweight. I don't respect him as a man. That's what AJ said. But and the point like, that he made that, when know, he I, said, I want people who are younger than me to achieve, to succeed. He does, and yeah, he doesn't want right, to say that in right. me. I thought, oh, I, I like what you're saying. Yeah, because yeah. that makes sense. But he does. I can you know, understand like, that. There's a lot of people who achieve, like bitter people. Yeah. You know, like, you know, well, you're watching a kid walk in the walk that you walked, and you felt like you were no, the only like, guy who could do that. He's and, so yeah. encouraging yeah. to young fighters. He's, you know, he trains up at EIS with the amateurs, mm. mate. How he brings them on, like every morning he'll have talks with them, like stuff like that. There are so many bitter people in life who are dying mm. for people to fail. You know, like the ones Tell that me about you know, where it's like, <laughs> no, but you must get it. People I'm looking at you, thinking, "That's yeah. a fucking geezer." Ended yeah. up cracking it and smashing it, and making a load of dough. Uh, yeah. Fucking, I can't stand we have that no geezer. Idea. Yeah, but it's the same thing. And, and in boxing, in every in every walk of life, that exists. But in boxing, even more so. Mm. And he is one genuine person. He would never wish one person to fail. Not even someone like even Dillian White. They had their beef for years. Yeah. I know that he always wants Dillian to win, and they have. The, and I'm like. Do you like? You know, I respect it, and I want him to do well. Can we talk about the stylistic thing? Because that, so I want AJ to win this fight. Uh, There's a couple of things. So I did feel like uh, I was worried about his cardio. There's Mm. someone who told me that he has a football coach who does his cardio training, Mm. and they were like, he's carrying too much. I know a a few boxing guys were telling me like he's just not as fit as he needs to Mm -hmm. be to go into those later rounds and to maintain a pace where you stay off of Ruiz and and jab his face Mm. off. Basically, that worries me. And also, you just wonder. Does Ruiz have his number? Because yeah, he is such an awkward the, fighter. The second that. point of that is when you've got a guy who um, has been boxing since eight, like Andy Ruiz, mm. like he knows all styles. Yeah, and the style as a six foot chubby heavyweight, the style you always come across is a bigger man. Yeah. Right? So you learn to fight that way. Yeah. In the first fight, we had Jarrell Miller. Four weeks to go, he decided to inject himself with every substance <laughs> under the sun. <laughs> to be fair, if I was fighting AJ, I'd probably do the same. <laughs> yeah. Actually, the funny, I'd come in just like do, that. Do you know yeah. what? The, the, fun, the funniest thing <laughs> with, with that whole moment is when it all broke and he got banned by the commission, they wouldn't license him. I said to AJ, can you imagine if you would have fought this guy? Mm. Like, he would have been superhuman. And AJ went to me, oh, mate, would have been a fucking right war. I'm like, no, no, it would have been dangerous. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, for all the things we talk about but earlier. Jarrell Miller, though, was already, what, 23 stone? I know, I know, I know. But, like, but he's a, bo- had the strength he's a of kickboxing a 30 background. Always, everyone said to me, make sure you get him drug tested. Got him drug tested. Bang. And yeah. he, he knew he signed up for it as well. But then when the Ruiz fight came, it was like, fuck, you've got three weeks of sparring. We need to bring in a shorter, chubbier, fast little fucker. And we struggled a bit. We got a, a little bit of sparring, but... He's a he, weird one, isn't he, Ruiz? Yeah, to be like, that quick, 
and it, that it, actually, I'm not saying he's like Mike Tyson in in, in terms, but like in terms of the how how quick he is and the height of the lad and mm. the way he moves. But you know, the funny thing is, is we sit like, all of a sudden Ruiz. We just said there. I know, not saying he's Mike Tyson, no, but no, like no. before the fight, like AJ should be beating this guy, oh, yeah. right? So he was viewed as nine a joke. times, yeah. yeah, eight or nine times. Like, we knew it was a proper fight, oh, but yeah. eight or nine. And then people said to me, "Not a great style for AJ, but he's going to fucking knock him out." But eight or nine times out of ten, AJ wins this fight, right? <laughs> but it's funny that before that fight, Eddie Earns a joke, AJ's a joke. Who's his fucking Andy Ruiz? Now you're getting called now, a joke for another reason. You're, yeah, for yeah. taking you it. fucked up. Yeah, exactly. You you how can you thing. fight this beast? Yeah. He's like. He lost to Joseph Parker. Yeah. Like we know he's good, but and and when you talk about style wise and got the number, AJ's got to be disciplined in this fight. Absolutely. He has got to jab his face off, yeah. but he can't. You know, you can't just jab for twelve rounds and box off the back foot yeah. and hold against Andy Ruiz. He's gonna have to. He's hurt gonna him. come. Yeah, it? but what he what he's got to do is all the things he did in the first three rounds. But when he hurts him, know that this little fucker's going to go and have a swing. Yeah. So break him down. Take his heart away. Yeah. You know, make sure that five or six rounds, he goes back to his stool and he's sitting there and he's thinking, I just can't get to this guy. He's got tired. He's lost his power. He's lost a little bit of his speed. Break him down. Break him down. This, is, this fight is seven weeks away, right? Do you know how fucking exciting this fight's going to be? Yeah, yeah. Imagine when, what well, I said, when everybody leaves the ring, you're sitting here maybe and you've got everyone round oh, yeah. and you're going... Fuck me. This is it. Oh, yeah. You know, because it's everything, this fight. Because it also, it kind of feels like, um, you know, so we're going in with KSI Logan to compare it. Maybe it's a bad comparison, but we don't quite know what either of them is going to come out with in the same way as we didn't know what Ruiz was mm. going to come out well, with that, necessarily uh, in the first it's, fight. It's the beauty this of not one, knowing what's going to happen. But this one now, it's almost like we know what Ruiz is going to yeah. bring. You almost know what AJ is going to bring. And there's something quite exciting about that, like the obviousness of it all. That those rematch, two are rematches play. are exciting and fun because you've got to come up with a plan. Yeah to beat a guy that you've already shared a ring with mm-hmm. so you felt their power mm. you know so AJ will know fuck he can crack a bit do you know what I mean and watching him hit pads is oh, Ru- Ruiz. quite yeah. something yeah. it's very rare I watch people hit pads and I'm like whoa but the, the power and speed is unique yeah. about Ruiz I, I don't think he's a huge heavyweight puncher but he does have great speed uh-huh. but again when you watch the pads now Versus when you watched the pad six months ago. Like, now I'm looking at him going, whoa. And before the fight, I was going, he's quite quick. Do you know what I mean? Now, yeah. now yeah. it's like, because he's just You're so right. I know. And it's like, and I think mentally, again, the, the mental warfare that AJ's faced with in this fight, you've got to remove yourself from giving this guy too much respect. Like, he gave him no respect last time. But you can't start thinking this guy is Godzilla because he's not. Oh, he's beatable. Yeah. But you've just got to get it right. Mm-hmm. And that's the fascinating thing with boxing. And what I love about boxing is you can work for 12 weeks, right? All that matters is that 36 minutes mm-hmm. at the end of the camp to get it right. And if you fuck up and you get it wrong, it's over. You know? That's why it's just, again, with Logan, with KSI, oh, they've got all these trainers. Do this, do that. Mate, KSI be- is training with Jeff Mayweather. I know, I know. But they'll be watching. They'll, they'll, Jeff will have them wrap around at night watching the first fight, see what he does there, see what he does, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mate, when you walk out in front of 17,000 people at Staples Centre going potty, and you know that the whole world's watching, and it's not something you actually do, how the fuck do you actually execute that game plan? What, is he really going to go in there, right, uh, KSI, and go, oh, yeah, when, when he moves to the right, that's when you've got to step to the left and throw the right hand. 
No, he's going to get hit by a shot and go, what the fuck? And then just go for it. And that's why... The I'm, anomaly for this for that fight, by the way, what I think is... Because KSI had trained for quite a long time in boxing mm. before he fought yeah. Logan. Logan hadn't had as much experience. So it's, has Logan caught on and eclipsed JJ's experience mm. in mm. boxing because it was so long ago now, potentially Logan could have not made as much progress or you could have complete like we could come out what I'm saying is we could come out and say a Logan that nobody is ready for yeah. whereas I feel like I kind of know what no, we're going to say from JJ right. and I think that is a concern because he said a few things at the press conference like I I listened carefully at what was said at the press conference a lot of the time it's just bluster but he went I know how to fight now. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And I'm like, that is the, and I'm looking that at him the thinking, yeah, he goes, what, what's different? You said, what's different this time around? He goes, I know what I'm doing now. Mm. And I looked at him, I go, I think you're, you've did actually- Did you believe that? Yeah, I did. And I think he secretly worked on his boxing. Not saying he's like a boxing train no. every day, but I think he's watched the sport. He's done it now. And I think he's, I think he's got a very smart brain mm-hmm. and someone that can solve problems like, and, and strategize. Mm-hmm. And I think that he's, looked at boxing and gone do you know what actually this is a lot more simple than I was actually making it you know and I think in his head whether he's got it right or not he believes he has and that that in itself makes him dangerous whereas you're really right KSI he's going to improve could be a little bit fitter might carry a bit more power might learn to throw you know technically he's going to be better but I just what I'm trying to say is he'd already boxed for quite a long time he had the Weller fight and then the Logan fight so there was at least a year of training and boxing whereas Logan had three two two, three months I actually think Logan's a favourite in this fight yeah he is betting wise but it's what has he just what has he done with those 12 to 18 months how long was it 12 12, roughly 12 12 just over 12 sorry 12 months because if he catches on quicker than JJ and is more natural, yeah. then it'd be but, a- but also you can't underestimate what will unfold because someone might shit themselves, someone might just freeze, mm. someone might if someone get does shit hurt. Themselves, that'd be genuinely incredible. Yeah, that, like, that'd be great for the buyers. Well, you, <laughs> know, I mean, you, know, you know the, you know, the weird thing though, I do think a lot of people also underestimate what Vidal brings to JJ because mm. I know in the press conference they were like, "What the fuck do you do?" And yeah. he's like, "And Vidal v- sort of Vidal's played along to that." I was shocked yeah. you didn't sign Vidal. Yeah, I just saw you sign with Mayweather yesterday. Yeah. Or something Mate, like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, you talk about someone who's ahead of his time. Mm. At twenty-two years old. He moves like a fucking cat yeah, uh, yeah. at cruiserweight. Mm. He is a talent, and I've I've watched fighters like in sparring, whatever, like top level guys. He is going to be a world champion, mm. in my opinion, and he he's already got half a million subscribers. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. he's doing he is the modern day like fighter, like where he's got a YouTube audience, a Twitter following. Like, mm. Look at he got in with JJ, but like. Um, I, got, I think we're going to see Eddie Hearn in the future yeah, promoting maybe, Vidal Riley. I do think that there is that there is that element though where when you go back to your corner, I'm not saying that Logan's not got someone who's got, well, got Shannon Briggs. No, but yeah. you, you are right. You're you're 100 percent right. You've got to have that trust. Yeah. With your trainer and like that. And, also yeah, that love. and, and like, when yeah. and when the going gets tough and you go back to your stall mm. and you've been hurt in the round and you've got someone you trust and know looking you in the eyes says, "Listen to me, mm-hmm. right? Calm down." Do this, do this. And when you got the other corner, you got Shannon Bruce going, yeah, 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 hit him, hit him, let's go, hit him. I think that that partnership could be quite important. Well, we've seen in the last fight that for me, the part of what switched it was um, Vidal told me he'd never ever really shouted at JJ before. Mm. And you've seen him in the corner going, fuck it. And 
in that second and third round you've seen mm, that mm, sort of mm. it's pretty amazing though because you're saying obviously one of them might lose their heads I, th- I do think that's partly what almost JJ's got to prepare for so he almost know like if you're if you go into a fight and you're like don't lose your head he is preparing maybe to lose his head in the yeah. first two rounds mm. and just get through that. Mm. That's going to be bizarre. Uh, but just to be clear, I'm I'm not saying I'm not making a prediction that Log- I think Logan's going to win. I, I'm just saying like that's the favourite. Yeah, I, I yeah. agree with you. It's, I, I don't think the, I'm not sure he does, but yeah. I do think he's a slight favourite in the fight yeah. and as the bookmakers do as well. And you don't know how the whole LA thing like it wasn't pleasant for him coming to Manchester. I mean, let's be honest. Like he was mm. getting fucking things slung at him. Mm. He was getting. He handled it amazingly. Yeah, he did. Yeah. And he, by the way, I thought he handled last week's press conference amazingly mm-hmm. as well. And because I thought at one stage, when the people started lobbing stuff, I was half expecting him to go, do you know what? Because. You know, you talk about preparing. I think mm. he was like. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm going to be this, It was this because you know when he stood me. on his chair. Yeah. yeah. He was, was almost doing, like. Yeah. Like all of this. I was I'm like, soaking this up and I uh, love it, baby. Yeah. You know, it's just, I was it's, watching him like, you fucking shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. Uh, fair play yeah, um, can we ask uh, just about some of the other fighters who you've had relationships with like you've you mentioned Bellew we've interviewed Bellew mm. and when people ask me who's 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 your favourite interview you've ever had I don't have a favourite but if you ask me who like I kind of like in terms of who I would want to chill with and mm. go to the pub with yeah. it would probably be Bellew yeah. he is such a fucking good bloke mm, he is I'm not surprised that you took a, yeah. a shine to him uh, do you still keep in touch on stuff yeah, like that? Yeah, all the time. Like, it's funny because he texts me and obviously when I was representing him and he was fighting, mm. like, I would be dealing with him every a day. Lot, yeah. And if I don't reply for a day, he will always say, I get it, fucking. Like, and when Us- <laughs> Usyk boxed the other night, he's texted me going, good luck with Usyk, blah, 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 yeah. this week. And then... I didn't reply and then he come back to me like two days later go oh lovely you got me not fuck- knocked out and you fucking signed the cunt <laughs> wow. he goes and now you've just forgotten about me but he's like he's one of those guys where honestly he would do anything for you like he's one of those people where if he spoke to you on the phone and he, he felt like you weren't quite 100% or mm. you know he would like he would call you or text you solidly for like 48, day, 48 hours, <laughs> mm. you know, saying, you're right, mate, like, he would probably drive down. Yeah. And so, like, he's a really caring individual. Special guy. And for me, like, I started representing Bellew. He was making 40 or 50 grand a fight. You know, I, I mean, I think I paid him, you probably won't like me saying, but we weren't far off 15 million for his last three fights, right? To, to see a man go from paying off his mortgage for, for his first house, which was like a two-bedroom house, to going up and seeing his fucking biggest state mm. in Cheshire that makes me prouder than anything because the, the sport is so brutal that the money like the, the money that we make and you know the, the titles that they make is great but to see a guy leave the sport with a mortgage paid off with a bit of a property portfolio with his kids going to a great school do you know what I mean that's more rewarding than everything and Bellew is the epitome of that you know, come from a rough, rough background mm. in Liverpool, you know, yeah, good family, but rough background, you know, and he's like, but what he's, and that's what I talk about being self-made, like there's no greater achievement than making it in boxing, mm-hmm. right, to get to that stage of wealth because it's, there's so many snakes and ladders and the snakes and ladders aren't just winning and losing, you know, they're navigating the right fight at the right time, there's getting, not get signing a contract that's going to fuck your career and like there's so many different ways to navigate. So when you get to the end, it's a bit like Anthony Crawler. Same kind of thing. He's got his last fight coming up. Like he's made millions of pounds, mm-hmm. and he, you know, he's overachieved. But again, seeing him go off and, and and achieve that, like that's and and AJ to like a completely different level. 
it's just a little bit sad when you see like the stick that a lot of them get and Bellew gets a lot of stick although he's gone from like being 80% hated to 80% love do you know what I mean like people have really embraced Bell he's become he's very a popular people's chump, yeah. he is because people have watched like League of Their Own and stuff like that and he's just a lad like you've seen him up on fucking plane and as a boxer League of the One. it's amazing I think his IQ in the room oh, yeah. is highly underestimated like I, I view Usyk as to me technically the best mm. cruiserweight heavyweight out there in terms of technical ability mm. and he really hung in there he with did, Usyk six for rounds. a good he while probably, yeah he's probably um, winning the fight and you know obviously just didn't quite have enough that night and it was a fucking sad like loss to say mm. but he went out like to me he went out in the best way possible competing to be number one yeah, and you know what we were really in two minds whether to take that fight because he'd made all the money against Hay but although he'd won a world title people looked at the Hay fight and sort of said well you beat Hay twice but let's be honest he was past his best and mm. blah 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 and the Usyk fight come out and I'm like look it, it was a lot of money, but it wasn't as much money as the hay fight. But I said, you're, you're challenging yourself against the best ever, right? So if you win, you go down as one of the greatest British fighters of all times. And if you lose, the respect you get for taking on Usyk, you know, outweighs that. I know it's dangerous, and but I believe that you can win this fight or you can at least compete in a way that will almost make you a great... You still win. Yeah, and, and that's what happened. You know, he went out there, he gave him a great fight. But he, you know, he took him on. How many people was, retire and their last fight is for the number one? Yeah, for the undisputed. Very rare. Yeah, I know. Must be rare. Yeah, I mean, he could have come back. He could fight now. Mm-hmm. But he's got... I would never let him fight again, yeah. you know, because... No Nothing left he, to prove? No. And, uh, but when he won the world title at Goodison Park, it was probably one of my greatest nights because... Yeah. We, we ran this event at three weeks' notice at Goodison Park on a bank holiday Sunday. We went into the Everton boardroom, right? And Tony Bell, who's like the biggest Everton fan you could fucking possibly yeah, find. Poor guy. And they didn't really want to do it. They didn't have enough time, you know, blah, blah, blah. But Bill Kem, right, really supported Tony and he was a good man. So that we got this meeting and I'm like, look, lads, you know, he's an Everton fan. The city will really come out. They're like, well, we've got three weeks and it's not enough time and we're probably going to pass. And I didn't really want to do it anyway because I'm thinking, fucking three weeks, we're going to lose a fortune, mm. right? <laughs> and I went to get up and go, he's gone, put me down, Bill. He's gone, guys, this has been my dream for the first time I ever laced up a pair of gloves. This football club to me is everything. And he went on like, and I'm like, oh, God, I'm like, welling up. And they've gone, yeah. we understand, Tony. All right, look, we'll do it. And I'm like, oh, fuck, no, right? And, <laughs> and the guy that he was fighting was a beast, right? So yeah. we went out. Well, we we still sold We sold about 20,000 tickets, but, you know, again, three weeks' notice. Mm. And he bought, he boxed this Makabu, come out in the first round, and he started, like, bashing up Makabu. But I can't explain to you, before he ring-walked, his son came into the change room, mm. and Tony's such an emotional, passionate oh, yeah. guy. Like, he was in tears, and he could hear... The, I can't remember the end of the, the Gladys stand I think it's called just like the noise singing Everton songs and he's like that moment where he's in the changing room you know and he's like the last hugs with everybody and it's like banging the gloves and it's like come on and everyone's going this is it Tony this is your time world champion I can't tell you the fucking feeling like and as we go through the doors he walked under the thing with the Everton flag and he's touched it and he's looked out at that Gladys stand which was where he sat as a kid and I'm like thinking he's going to crack up here like, like I'm nearly in tears do you know what I mean like he's got to go out and fight got in the ring bashed this geezer up for got, two minutes 50 got seconds got dropped though didn't he and all of a sudden he's like going for the kid the, kid's, the guy's just gone one bang 
Tony's gone over. He done like a backward roll yeah. where he was hit so hard. Got up, and that that first two two minutes fifty seconds, we we're all like, "Fucking go on, go on," like this. And I just remember he got knocked down, and the bell went for first round. Everyone sat back down and went, "Oh shit!" Yeah, like this. And I remember looking at my old man, going, "Fuck," and he went, "It's done a good son," because like the other blokes just showed like. Yeah. And second round, he recovered. And third round was one of the most brutal knockouts you'd oh, ever yeah. seen. And he just dropped to his knees. Like the feeling in that place was just like everyone was so together. Mm -hmm. His wife got in a ring, his three sons, Bill Kemright, who was ill, got up on the thing. Bellew was on the corner post to the Gladys stand. I mean, it's like, fuck it, like that is, that is the greatest feeling. And no sport can ever rival that. You know I mean? This is. They called them like the Rocky bit. Yeah. Like, well, I called that, I called that show the real life Rocky story. Yeah. Because he was in Rocky, he was in Creed, yeah, right? And and the fine. Don't ask me how, how he blagged his way into Creed, but he got the main <laughs> Man, part. He was the main bad, right? Well, I know, like, right? And the final scene was at Goodison Park, yeah. right? Against this guy. I mean, how they, I don't know how he done it, right? Because he told me after Nathan Cleverly fight, just to let you know, uh, please keep it yourself. I'm in the new Rocky film. I was like, <laughs> oh fuck what? off, mate. What are you like a stunt double? He's yeah. like, no, I'm the main part outside of Rocky. Mm. I'm like. Wow. Anyway, I watched it. I'm like, oh my God, what is going on? It was here? really good as well. So obviously, we reenacted that yeah. at Goodison Park, called it Real Life Rocky Story. Yeah, it was. Uh, Dude, when you were telling me that, I mean, I've watched this like yeah. 10 times, mm. that fight. Even now, I still get I know, goosebumps. I know. But it's, it's the stuff that you don't see. I got yeah. a picture of us, like, because he, he's such a sort of emotional guy, a passionate guy, very much with his team, and he's like a sort of a cuddly guy. Do you know what I mean? So it's like. Before he goes, he'll sort of go around every individual and go, come here. <laughs> it's like, and it's like, tap him on the back. And it's like, and he gets to you and you're like, fuck, yeah. you know, and you're just, you're so emotionally invested. But sometimes fighters don't understand. There's managers that can get in the middle of a relationship with you and your fighter. Trust me, you want to be as close to me as possible because I will fucking break down walls for you. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I got Bell you that world title shot. I don't mean I could have got that for anyone else because I worked my nuts off to get that. I lost a fortune on that show, but I didn't care because I was emotionally invested to say You're like the real life Jerry Maguire. <laughs> yeah. yeah, show me the money. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You are like yeah, living that life. I watched you know? that film when I was working as a, as an agent to yeah. golfers and I was like, that is that's a bit of me, you know? Uh -huh. Because those moments, like I'm a failed sportsman, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm doing my dream job. If you can't be an athlete, if you can't be a sportsman, the next best thing is to represent them. Mm. You know what I mean? And to sort of share in that moment yeah. and to make their dreams come true. And when you get it right, fucking there's nothing like it, mate. Mm. Nothing like it. I fucking love to hear that. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm a big Bellew fan. Um, a couple of other people I just want to ask you about mm. before we wrap this up. Um, if, you could find, if you could sign any fighter right now who you don't already have... Other than Vidal Riley, uh, <laughs> who would it be? Well, I mean, from any shape uh, of world, it'd be Conor McGregor. You know, I mean, I just think that he's one of the great... You know, what I love about Conor is, he kind of like, you get, you play this role. You know, Shakespeare said all the world's a stage, right? And what that means is that every industry we work in, you've got your people who play certain parts. Mm. And I always feel like a lot of these people are almost like, you know, Conor. And then you get home with the fur jacket, the mink coat comes off and he just sort of puts on his dressing gown, you know, and his PJs and his slippers and sort of sits there. He's, like the ones that are really good at it, they, they actually stay and live in that mould. They live the gimmick. Yeah, so when he came to my show in, in Boston, 
there's a video of him. He didn't know he was being filmed. And he was walking down the corridor of backstage. And he was like, you know, like this. I'm thinking, what the fuck is he doing? Like, I know he's a bit mad, but but he's almost like he's taken over his mold. And he's one of the greatest showmen. Like when you watch the Mayweather-McGregor press conferences Mm -hmm. back, he's fucking that one in toronto in particular Um, where he was like you can't even fucking read it was like stand-up comedy but but he's like we think this is a guy from a a very rough estate in crumlin like what he's achieved i have a lot of respect for him i know you know he's got his problems but i think those problems come from not being able to handle fame like the madness of this world that's you know i worry he's going down the the, the gaza route yeah yeah i think i think so yeah yeah i mean that I, i hope that he's got enough good people around him to make sure that doesn't happen but you know him Canelo is a great fighter big star obviously huge oh. sort of Hispanic following as well I think you know the guy hopefully AJ beats Andy Ruiz and you know he's the, he's the absolute kingpin of the sport of boxing as far as I'm concerned so um, I but, really hope we see Tyson Fury versus AJ one day I, I think you will I think what, whatever happens I think whatever happens in the Ruiz fight yeah you will see that fight because it is for British boxing. Like it is just the ultimate. Why does Tyson mug you guys off though? Because I'm sure you, there was you tried to make that fight and he was like, he just he wanted fifty fifty. Yeah, you know, and he had no belts and he yeah. had this. But he's like, fuck you. You either give me fifty fifty or I won't take it. Yeah, it's more about principle. But he's like, he sort of gives us a lot of pops. He blocked me on Twitter actually, still. But he phoned me up. <laughs> like he phoned me the other night. I, so I, I was laying in. I was laying in bed. It was like ten ten to midnight. This was before he started training camp for Otto Wilding, so I think he'd had a beer or two. And it's like, zzz, zzz, Tyson Fury would like to FaceTime you. So I'm like, that's weird. But I don't know like, if he's with someone and he wants to give me some stick, like, Eddie, you wanker. Yeah. So I've gone like that. Anyway, v- 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 same again, I'm thinking. So I've just replied and gone, I'll call you tomorrow, mate. He's gone, pick up the phone. Right? I'm like, fuck. So I've gone outside, like in downstairs, he's fine. I said, what? Eddie boy, get up there, my boy. Hey, why have you got, why are you working with all these other dosser heavyweights? You need the gypsy king in your life. Like, I'm thinking, the fucking, like, but he's one of a kind. You know, he's, a, he's another great personality. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't think he's that exciting or that good. I just think he, he peaks at the right time and he's awkward enough to call. And I think mentally, he does people's head in as well. I think he done Wilder's head in. He completely done Klitschko's head in mm. in that fight. Klitschko didn't know fucking what to do. Mm-hmm. So and I, he's smart in the ring. Oh isn't yeah, he? no, he's a clever fight. The, the, again, but another guy. I wouldn't another say he's the guy, most gifted, No, but another but guy like Billy Joe Saunders been boxing all their life, mate. Bro, tough to yeah. beat. Tough to beat. You know, are you going to try and level his career with Billy Joe Saunders now? Yeah, I mean, we, he boxes on the uh, the KSI Logan Paul. There was hell on about that. Yeah, I know, but it's people don't understand. Like, and the fighters get it. Yeah. Now, like, why would you? You've got a chance to box on this show. Or one ten times bigger. Yeah. Like, yeah, but it's embarrassing. And you know what? The, the other thing that really pisses me off about boxing fans will say, or even fighters, might be a fighter that hasn't actually achieved what they wanted to out of sport. Do you know what? I worked my whole life in this sport and I never got an opportunity. And these two fucking walk in and make millions. Well, let me tell you why. One, because you weren't good enough. And two, because you didn't build the fucking profile like these two did, did you? You know what I mean? Smarter so than it's you, not, Paul. Of course, of there course. It's not, it's not. They didn't just, I didn't just go up to two random geezers on the street and go, do you want to make a couple of million to fight each other at Staples Centre? They've earned this opportunity mm-hmm. and this profile where they're able to do these things, you know. And, and do you know I, that deal, by the way? Mm. I'm, obviously, I'm not asking for specifics, but I'm assuming the zone are paying them 
money up front. Oh, of course, uh, yeah, 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 step yeah, in yeah. I think that's the attraction yeah. of this model. Whereas last time, they did everything themselves. Yeah. All the money went into a pot, and they sorted Fingers it out. Fingers crossed, though. Yeah, they, yeah, exactly. They yeah. did well, but this time, there was an amount of money where they went, do you know what? We've got risk. We've got upside. Uh, we, sorry, this time, no risk mm-hmm. and upside. I think we like this model. And it, it just worked out perfectly for everyone, so I'm excited. How... I mean, it's hard to call it, but Daniel Dubois, mm. I look at him and I think, ooh, he's interesting yeah, for the definitely. future. Mm. Um, how do you see his career going? I think he's very dangerous. I think he's exciting. Mm. Um, again, don't want to be critical of other promoters, but like he's pro. Like, if you looked at where AJ was at this stage in his career, right. he was selling out the O2. You know, he was doing huge numbers on mm. Sky. He's kind of like lost a little bit and he doesn't have the same personality or engaging smile as Anthony Joshua mm. but he's fucking dangerous so you've got to sell him don't don't try and make him something that he's not you know don't make him remember I don't know the, if you've seen the promo for oh, his fight versus Gorm yeah. uh, but it was it was. I, I know oh. but you know like do you remember the Rock, do you remember Rocky I can't remember if it was Rocky 1 or 2 might have even been 3 where they put him in a cage and he was when advertising I wake up in the morning yeah exactly yeah, yeah yeah <laughs> and it's like don't do that and that's the sometimes with Dubai it's like you have to, the, 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 the greatest thing for a, a fighter to be when you're trying to promote him is let them be themselves, mm. right? So how you promote Dubois is, this is a dangerous motherfucker. He don't say a lot. He's almost a silent assassin, mm. right? But fuck me, he's got hands of dynamite. Like they run his Twitter account and it'll be like, I am ready for Saturday with my dynamite. And he's yeah. him holding two things of dynamite. It's like, he wouldn't tweet that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Don't run his Twitter At least account, you hope he wouldn't tweet that. No, no, he wouldn't. He, he definitely yeah. wouldn't. Lovely kid yeah. and good fire. Really good fight. But I feel like you've got to build them in a way. The build starts from the debut. You know, with AJ, we boxed him on all the big shows, boxed him all around the country. It was almost like a tour. So that when he got to that moment, he was already fucking huge. Mm. Wembley was doable. Yeah, you don't want him to be huge when they get the big win. You know, he was selling out stadiums before he boxed Klitschko. Mm -hmm. But that was the fight that took him to superstardom. Uh, right, I've got a few questions. um, Unless you've got anything that I'm done. No, no, Um, I'm just interested in if your life was a movie, you know the middle bit, the bit where it's like, all right, now it's on. Like what that turning point mm. that made you the man you are today, mm. what would that moment be in your movie? Probably the Frotch Groves fight. So the first fight, um, which was in Manchester. Mm. You remember where Frotch got battered? Remember the first round he went mm. down and everyone was like, whoa. Mm-hmm. And then he got the stoppage in the ninth round. A little bit of an early stoppage from Howard Foster. Fuck. Then it was just like, Hern, you're a scumbag of the sport. You've paid the ref. you fixed this. Fucking blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, my God. Mm. You know, and that, that, that's where I went from, like, hero to zero. He's starting to use his power to control the sport. Vince McMullen. Yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> and then going for the rematch... And I remember said to my old man, like, I'm going to go and look at football stadiums. He went, no, Ed, don't fucking... I did Ben Watson, the Eubank Watson rematch. Mm-hmm. I thought it was massive. We went to White Hart Lane. We sold half the place. Like, don't make the same mistake. Went to, like, Arsenal. Then I went to Wembley. And I walked through the tunnel. I'm like, fucking hell, this is where we're doing it. And he was like, it's 80,000. Are you fucking mad? I went, Dad, we'll sell it out. I promise. Like, I just know that I've seen on the, on social media... Like the demand for this fight, the talking points for this fight, the narrative. No, social media, fucking what? That, that ain't ticket sales. I went, no, it is. And we went on sale and we sold it out in a day. And it was like, that was really the start of the big boom yeah. for British boxing. 
going to what Wembley. What did your dad say when that happened, by the way? Mate, he said, I told you you should have gone to Wembley. <laughs> you know what I mean? So he's like, you know, but, but it's, it's, I think even he's been shocked yeah. by the growth. And you need, you need a narrative. You can't just put two blokes at Wembley and say, oh, it's going to sell out. You need the controversy. You need the talking points. You need the characters gelling. Those two, you talk about, you know, JJ and, and Logan Paul, those yeah. two gelled. Young kid, ginger kid with big bollocks, you know, and frotch. Like hard nosed geezer with big nose from Nottingham <laughs> who just fucking loves to have a war, and, it, and they just gelled press conferences. Everything, every time they sat down together, it was it was spiteful, you know. And that's what sells. Why do you think those guys respect you ahead of? Because you don't you don't come across as a hard man. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Oh, why, fuck why, you know. Mm. Do you, why 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 do you think those guys respect you ahead of other people? Because you, you, publicly, some people do go, "Well, Eddie Hearn, you know." Blah, blah, mm. blah. Why do you think they respect you ahead of other people when Boxers they are the hard the, men? Boxers, Boxers. yeah. Uh, I think they know I've, they know I know, like, again, been around boxing for over 30 years. So the initial impression was, who is this guy? Come mm. on to, what the fuck's he know about boxing? It's like, quite a lot, mate. You know, I've studied it for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Been to more fights than you've ever, like, even watched on YouTube. And I think the fighters know that, you know, and I, I try, I try to be involved in their training. I try and live it with them. You know, outside of getting punched in the head. Yeah. So, but I think they respect the fact that we're on it. You know, we're on the case. I think they like. I mean, AJ always says to me that sometimes he'll go. You know, where are you? And I will say I'm in Chicago, and I'm flying back. You know, we've done the Golovkin fight. Mm-hmm. Flew back for the press conference, then flew back to Chicago, and he's like, "Mate, I, I respect you. Like, your work ethic's unbelievable." I'm like, "My work ethic? Fuck that, mate. You you're, was up at five o'clock doing hill sprints. Now yeah. you're doing twelve round sparring. Yeah. You're a legend. No, you. You know, and it's like that." that I think they just like that work ethic, you know. Do you think people? Because I'll be honest, I, I'm not. I wasn't 100 percent sure what you did. Mm. But do you think people actually know what you actually do, or do you think most people just go gets up there for the press conference yeah, yeah, and he yeah. goes, "Big contract, thank yeah, you." I like I think. Well, now with the uh, the no context turn, a lot of people don't know what I do. Right. I think. Um, oh, look, when you grow a business to the size of the business we've grown it, you need a huge team of people. Mm. So I am getting to the stage now where I just get wheeled out. You know, be like, what am I doing? Right, you're going to Chicago. Off you go on a plane. Mm-hmm. Get there. Car picked up. Right, Eddie. Right, you're going to press conference now. Go. Hi, everybody. We're in Chicago. Blah, blah, blah. What now? Is right, that now what happened in New LA York. a little bit? Yeah, because I flew there after a fight. I can't remember. Uh, Devin Haney fight. Right. And I, I finished that fight at three o'clock in the morning. The flight was at seven. Got on there, had a couple of hours kip. Got off there, went straight to the press conference. And I'm like... And then it all started going off. Where are we? Thinking, yeah. What the fuck's going on here? So that's why we brought you in for the second one. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> you, you had even less sleep. Yeah. So that fucking entrance was one of the most oh, fun no, no, moments of yeah, my life, good. man. Yeah. I really, yeah, good. I just took a minute to just look out and be like, feel this. Do you know what? I didn't know, like, no, no disrespect, but I didn't know how popular. But like, I actually said to someone when I introduced, like, should we intro him on the stage, like? Do they like? Would he get a decent? And they're like, no, they'll fucking they love him. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. And when I, I couldn't believe the the noise. I mean, it was like, oh, even, I was seriously it, impressed. Even JJ was, was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. JJ was like, you got a bigger chair than yeah, anyone. No, 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 like, no. That's because I didn't tell anyone. I was yeah, I know, yeah. no, it's good. It's uh, good. So my final question, I like to ask this to a lot of people, is how would you like to be remembered? Just like I think, going back to work ethic, like probably just someone who went he's a fuck he was a grafter he was smart boys I mean like on a personal level mm-hmm. good father decent husband good bloke you know what I mean like I think a lot of people it's a bit like this no context Hearn stuff where people that know me and watch that they're like 
he's all right. He's actually like one of the lads, that guy. It's like, mate, I've always been like, not saying that I'm like very fucking cockney geezer down a pub, pie and mash, but like, I can adapt to any environment. Like, I have a laugh with everyone. Yeah. But then watching that, it's like, do you know what? He's all right, actually. What do you mean he's all right? It's only a couple of clips that someone's taken out of an interview. But even the people that don't know me will watch that and go, oh, he's quite, you know, he's quite a laugh. So, people have warmed to you a lot. Yeah, from I, that. but I think, I think it's like, decent, decent bloke, fucking hard working bastard smart smart fucker and and a, and a good father and a good husband you know the most important thing the, the one thing when I talk about leaving behind or the end of what you do that's the thing as a dad that like you know you've got to understand I'm away 90% of the week and when I get home I'm like fucking literally here for 24 hours and I just want to spend time with my kids for that 24 hours and I'm fucked you know I'm so tired and I'm ratty and you know then I'm dropping them at school when you back dad oh I'm back next next Tuesday Oh, do you know what I mean? I feel like, for you. Oh, no, 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 but I it's really like, do. that's really the time. Yeah. But my dad did that. You know, I grew up, I didn't see my dad growing up. And I know what he was doing. He was building a better life for our family. Yeah. And that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah. So hopefully they respect that in time. But that's the difficult thing, is to travel, spending time away from your family. You know, people will say, oh, yeah, you're always you're traveling here, first class, busy. It's not the fucking ain't, whether you're sitting upright or laying down. It's the fact that you're in the air, you're everywhere but you're not seeing the people that you love. And that's why the end point, end zone's got to go where you go, do you know what? I've achieved enough. I've made enough money. I'm, I'm, I'm yours now, guys. Do you know what I mean? Because I keep saying to them all the time, just a few more years. You know, my missus is like, you said that five years ago. Do you know and it's not... I feel like, like you're in the middle point now. Probably, yeah, probably. But you're, got, you're in the, and one of the reasons everyone loves you in terms of like, or people have started to mm. really know you and accept mm. you and love you is you're so animated and passionate yeah. and you and the reason your clips are so funny is because you do you're so like <laughs> yeah, yeah, animated yeah, 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 like yeah, you yeah. don't explain oh, a I'm point really, like yeah. a normal person does but that we me and my dad like my dad's always got this this saying no passion no point which means we won't do anything we're not passionate about do you know what I mean and I couldn't be more passionate about the sport of boxing like I love it and I love the adrenaline I love the win you know I hate mm. the loss but that's why I live it. And like when the you know, when Froch beat Butte, that was like one of our big breakout nights, I run in the ring actually too early. And I picked him up and I'm like, crying. and people are going, Fuck, do you see that guy? Like how much it meant to him. Like we did this interview yesterday and you know, I, I lost it a bit and started crying a bit I in this interview. And, and people are like, Do you know what actually he does like he actually does care a bit? It's like, mate, I care more than any fucker working in this industry. It's brutal. You know what I mean? I see what goes on behind closed doors. But you know, it's, you you've got to have that passion and you've got to show people what it means to you. That's what people are. It's not, it's not an act. It's not like, oh, I want to behave like this so you can see that yeah. I'm cried a bit in an interview. But that's the stuff with what Coogan's done with IFL. It's given me the opportunity to actually just be completely uh, raw, you know, mm. like, and exposed. Like, I can't do those interviews. Cred- with credit to Coogan. He's oh, done something good with that. He does really good. And, and you've managed to balance your wife and Coogan yeah, very exactly. well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We spend similar time together. Your wife must really hate Kate. Yeah, she, yeah, she, hate, she, hates, she hates everything. She's yeah. actually coming to LA, though. Really? She's, okay. I think she's singing it across her feed a few times, like, going, oh, this is... This is quite cool. She'll What's take this? the nice yeah, trips, yeah, yeah, but yeah, she doesn't exactly like KSI no. Logan. And I feel yeah, like yeah. You, you, the, one, uh, the one thing you've managed is that boxing promoters and fight promoters, they've got a lot of hate. Going back to Don King, yeah, yeah. Like they've been hated. And you come, you've become likeable. Yeah. Like, well, you've changed it. Listen, you have your ups and downs, don't you? One, one, one week, you might be 
flavour of the month and then next week you're an I mean if you don't make the, the wild AJ fight yeah, exactly. hit you again yeah, yeah. Exactly. We'll get who's, there. who's the guy who's always holding the cameras whenever you're dancing because you've always got a mate when you're in the <laughs> yeah, car yeah, I'm yeah. just wondering if that's it's Coogan. the same guy no, that's Coogan, good okay. Coogan. he follows me okay. everywhere you know, he's good at what he does because I'll fly mate can, I, can we do a quick hour quick yeah. hour yeah. that don't really exist mm-hmm. but I'll give him the access and I'll give him the time and he's, he's built a decent business I mean you should be taking a percentage I know I, know, I, know. I say that all the time <laughs> Oh, no, You're no. a decent dancer, though. Yeah, thank you. You've got some good moves. Yeah, yeah. mate, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank we'll you. We'll do it again sometime. Yeah. And also, right, um, if you could throw AJ my way before the yeah, fight, no, after yeah. the fight, that'd be great. Absolutely. Any of them, all okay. of them. Um, don't forget to uh, subscribe to Matchroom Boxing. Thank you very much. Um, Anything else? Uh, out of context, turn. I mean, uh, yeah, Eddie actually runs that himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just, just Matchroom Boxing. Just Matchroom. Like the video. Subscribe. Thanks for watching. We'll see you later. Nice one, mate. All right, mate. Thank you very much.